Hello, I'm Mike McCorn, and you're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. Oh, that was slick on Dap's part. He waited till you were done laughing. Right? He's a professional. Professional. Yes. Control yourself, folks. You're a top flight space medic. You're a teenage kid. <laughs> space medic. Space medic. In a green shirt. Oh, this was rough. No, it was beautiful. No, no but it, it, I mean, it was. If, We'll get into it. We'll get if, into if, it. If, if you, if, if you a hardcore, like if, if you're a if you're somebody who's just like, there's, there's no, there's no variation. There's, there's, there's just, it's, it's oh. Trek and the way it was presented, the way yeah. you've always seen it, then this is not for you. No, if you're a purist, that's going to shit right in the cereal bowl. Right. I mean, yeah. It's, it's kind of like, I mean, it's even, even the filmation cartoons, maybe skirting it because of where they went with it, but it's it's still, to some degree, well, I mean, they made a who's who of those characters, so, I mean, it could be canon, but but this, this stuff is but just, the, it's the like... The stories in the filmation cartoon are great, though. I mean, I have all the log paperbacks. Those are great. I haven't seen them in years. Do you have the log books? Like log, Star Trek Log 1, and it's it's just, I believe it's I all the st- stories from the... the uh, oh, I, got, I even have the box set, and I'm not a hardcore Star Trek fan like you. <laughs> Get your ass to eBay. Take your ass to the stove with that. Oh, my goodness. I am so glad it's Thursday. Right? Do I sound relaxed? Because I am. Oh, you sound good, man. Good. You sound great. I feel good, I Jimmy. Just one up to you. Feeling good, Billy Ray. You gonna be talking about that movie you saw this weekend? I mean, to whatever extent you guys are comfortable with me talking about it. Oh, I don't. You can talk about it for an hour. I don't care. Well, I know, but you know how Dap feels about the spoilers. That see, Dap wants actually has plans to see it. Uh, like, yeah, yeah. Like, like Horrors couldn't even get me into. The oh, so he's gonna see it tomorrow. So that means no, I can't talk about it. Yeah, you know what I'm going to see. <laughs> what? This weekend. Oh, Kong. yeah, same as me. Kong, Kong baby, I'm yeah. there. Yep. You guys can spoil that next week. I was in the Walmart. They have a massive 28, like an 18-inch Kong figure. It's only 24 bucks. You need to get it. Right, because I have the gigantic Godzilla from the... Oh, they can fight. They can fight, which is what they're... Well, yeah, which is... Oh, yeah. I don't know who would win. Have any film? It'd be awesome. I seriously don't know who would win. And you don't go by that bullshit that says there were two endings filmed for the original Japanese King Kong versus Godzilla. There's not only one, and Godzilla won. All right, everybody, it's eleven o'clock. Comics episode four hundred and sixty-three. Hey, and I'm Vince B. Man, oh man, Chevis, you are Vince B. I am David A. Price. And fly, Eagles fly, because I'm the Philadelphia Eagles' new star receiver, Alshon Jeffrey. I'm glad you built in an explanation to that. Because yeah, if you just... The audience, got to know your audience, right? Yeah, if you just said Alton Jeffrey, I'd be like... Well, I didn't say Alton, I said Alshon. But that's cool. <laughs> so quick to correct my ass, he really is. 
<laughs> You're not Alicia Jeffries. You are. <laughs> see? You are Jason Wood in the house. And we're all here again to bring you the comic book goodness. Courtesy of Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com. No segue at all this episode. Where you and everybody you know can get your books, get them cheap, get them delivered right to your door. The list of specials is up and I am so pleased to bring them to you. My carefully selected ones, that is. Um, from first, second. This I has, love it. This has me intrigued. This is called The Spill Zone. Okay. I didn't, I didn't catch this when I looked at previews. Written and drawn by Alex Pulvaland. Now get this. Three years okay. ago, an event destroyed the small city of Poughkeepsie, forever mm-hmm. changing reality within its borders. Uncanny manifestations and lethal dangers now await anyone who enters the spill zone. The spill claimed Addison's parents and scarred her little sister, Lexa, who hasn't spoken since. Addison provides for her sister by photographing the zone's twisted attractions on illicit midnight rides. Art collectors pay top dollar for these bizarre images, but getting close enough for the perfect shot can mean death or worse. When an eccentric collector makes a million dollar offer, Addison breaks her own hard-learned rules of survival and ventures farther than she has ever dared within the spill zone. This sounds so cool. Oh, I'm on it. I love for a second. Yeah, and it's twenty two ninety nine cover price, DCBS price twelve dollars and sixty four cents. Why add this to your order? It's not even going to bump oh, up your budget, boy. right? My heart was beating so fast when I opened the previews and I flipped to the fanographic section because Uh-oh. nestled within is a new book. By Gary Panther. Oh, yes. It's called Songy of Paradise. Yeah. And Songy. <laughs> Songy. Songy of Paradise. It's inspired by John Milton's Paradise Regained. Songy of Paradise is an interpretation of the story of Jesus being tempted by Satan in the desert with one notable exception. Jesus has been replaced by a hillbilly. <laughs> wow. This is mine. I, this is so mine. Damn, I got to say... Uh, <laughs> You're two for two, because you know how I am with the yeah. religious. And, it, uh, I, and it's going to be um, probably the, the form factor size of the Jimbo and Purgatory. And Jimbo and – like th- this is the third book to come okay. out of uh, Fanographics by Gary Panter. And they're all big-ass books. Like it's a thirty-four ninety-nine cover price, but you and it's only forty-eight pages. But you are getting gigantic pages. Like th- this book is big. But because you're smart – and you shop DCBService.com. You don't have to pay thirty four ninety nine for that Hell book. No. You're getting it for $22.74, oh, 35% off. And doing my boo a solid from Image, it's Youngblood number one. Yes. By Chad Bowers Jim and Jim Toe. Yep. Uh, Young Blood Reborn Part One. It's a debut anniversary issue. Twenty-five years ago, Young Blood launched the Image Revolution and turned the comics world on its head. Now, the original blockbuster hit series returns with an all-new cast and a brand new mission. Uh, Chad Bowers has written X Men '92, Deadpool, Bad Blood, and newcomer. Well, not so much newcomer, but Jim Toe. Cover price. Relic. He's a newcomer to yours truly because I already got that R from him. That's what I'm saying. He's a newcomer to the published world. Right. Uh, cover price is three ninety nine. That seems to be the going rate these days, unfortunately. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, DCBS price, 
One dollar ninety-nine cents. You save fifty percent. Your mothers get your fannies to Discount Comic Book Service and save. I can't put it any plainer than that. Get there and save. DCBService.com. Go. Yes, sir. Right, and I'm done. What uh, What are y'all drinking? Hmm. I'm drinking that busted ass wine from last week. Oh, it's still busted. Yeah, oh, it's very busted. I'm Did thinking. Better with age? No, I'm thinking I should put this wine on my salad. <laughs> it's like Good. vinegar, huh? Uh, it's, yeah, Good. yeah, it's pungent. That's rough. Either that or have my. <laughs> no, I won't say it. <laughs> oh damn! He's about to put your wife on blast. <laughs> why, why, why is Mommy sitting on the wine bottle? Go ahead. <laughs> what you drinking, Bo? Uh, I am drinking. <laughs> Vince is done laughing. So. Uh, I am drinking Guinness Blonde American Lager. How is that? It's really good. It's you know when they first announced it, I was thinking, well, are they just like repackaging Harp? You know, Harp <laughs> is like their lager. And I was like, but it's different though. It's different. It's it's uh. I, I can't really say offhand what's different about it. It has a different taste. It's crisper. I guess there's a little more citrus to it. It's probably what it is. Hmm. A little more of a bite to it. I have um, but to you know, be in a very, very particular mood to drink a Guinness. Oh, uh, well, this is nothing like the Guinness you're thinking of, though. Because of the bitter. No, this is it's an American lager. lager. It's, 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 a, it's, a blonde, it's a regular... It's like a yingling. Wow. Yeah. Without the subservience. To the public. Correct, right. without the Trumpism. Yeah, right. Correct. Totally How about you, DAP? Uh, I am... This is something new. It might... Uh, so for the first time, and possibly the last, this is uh, Pata Negra Toro uh, red wine from Spain. And it's... It's not bad. Um, it's a little... Uh, not, it, it, I'm not gonna say light. It, it's, um, there's not much, there's not much bite to it. There, there isn't, it, it's, it's just, it's, it's not vinegar or, or water, but it's just, there's, there's like no body to it. I'm mm-hmm. really just not, but you kind of get what you pay for. And this was really, really, um, inexpensive. So I figured I'd, I'd at least get, cause I've, I've gotten lucky before, you know, a lot of my, a lot of what I enjoy, is around the uh, the ten twelve dollar range, and um, I, I do enjoy that. But uh, this was um, this th- this was a bit of a mess. I went off on a you know I, I tried it, but uh, it is what it is. Well, that's a damn shame because uh, Petanegra ham, Amon de Petanegra, is uh, the best ham in the world by far. It can be up to like two hundred dollars an ounce for ham. Well, maybe yeah. If I had some of that to go with this, it might. Shit is real. It's popping. Right. I am paying no two hundred dollars for an ounce of ham. No, but if someone lets you taste it, but I don't have to pay for it. It's damn good, right? Oh shit, yeah. Hell yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I gotta thank you, sort of. Wow, I do not. Does does well, that? No, I do. No, I think this. I'm, I think I'm coming in on the thank you that you guys already had that I hadn't participated oh, okay. in. Okay. I think here's the thing. I. As you, I mean, you guys get the same. We get the, we get the, uh, the Valiant comps, right? Yeah. And the Valiant comps come usually in like, generally they come in like a, 
a, a white mm-hmm. cardboard per, yeah, box. And I let a few stack up and my wife was like, Hey, can you, can you clean this up? You know? So I, um, I had like three of them sitting there. So I opened them up and I came to realize that actually that there were three, but one of them was not Valiant Comps. It was the Bill Sienkiewicz Moby Dick comic. Oh, there you go. Yeah, which what we were just talking about. So now it was from Tom's River, New Jersey, but there was no letter, no return address, no, I mean, no name on the return address, no note, no post it. So I don't know. So number one, whoever sent it to me, thank you very much. It's very thoughtful. Number two, I'm going to presume for the sake of this thank you that it's from John O'Neill because A, he already gave you guys stuff and I know that he reached out to me for my address and asked if it would be okay to send me something. Mm-hmm. So, John, if you sent me the Moby Dick, thank you so very much. If it wasn't John, and it's a mystery sender, thank you. And John, I, I don't, I didn't get whatever you sent me. So if you did send it, just <laughs> no, because he, it was weeks ago. He told me he sent it, so I don't like, I didn't get it in that case. So right. I, could, so, but either way, uh, very cool, very cool. I um, think it, the safe bet is to assume that it's it's from John. I'm thinking that. That's yeah. what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, all right. Comics. Dude, I, yeah, comics. Did, did y'all see the big news? What's the big news? Who they cast? Yes. Is that what we're talking about? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. What? Oh. That's what you say? Oh, yeah? Oh. Uh, she's she's okay. No, okay, so here's the thing. Um, <laughs> we all have fantasy booking, right? Sure. Like, like, sure. like it's, you know, ever since... Any film that you that you have a vested interest in, in um, lots of people at some point in your life has thought, oh, I think so and so should play that role of so and so. Probably most commonly, Nathan Fillion seems like he was named for like every superhero. Every, character. Yeah. Um, but um, I don't usually get caught up in that, but there are exceptions. And in the case of uh, who would if ever play Domino, my favorite female character. Some say I'm a bit obsessive about her. Needless to say, over the years, I have had different actresses that I have thought, you know, that would be, uh, you know, the perfect cast. Now, interestingly, for a long time, long before we ever got a Deadpool movie, I thought Marina Baccarin would be the perfect domino. So it was very strange for me when they announced that Marina Baccarin was cast in the Deadpool movie <laughs> that she ended up not playing domino, but instead she played Ryan Reynolds' girlfriend. Um, so it was this bizarre thing because I saw the news. I thought, oh my God, this is my dream come true. And then Domino obviously was not the character she portrayed. And so it was back to the drawing board. So when, uh, Deadpool, um, when, uh, Deadpool 2 was, was rolling out, we knew we were getting Domino and, uh, I've been waiting with bated breath. And then the other day, uh, it was broke, it was, news was broken that, um, Janelle Monet, uh, was, was being in negotiations to play Domino and, uh, people were asking me understandably what I thought of that. And, um, for those that don't know, Janelle Monet is, uh, I guess probably best known as a singer at this point. Yeah. Fair to say. Um, but she has recently done a bunch of films and was in two Oscar nominated films, uh, this year. She was in Hidden Figure. She was one of the three, uh, female NASA scientists. And she was also in the film that actually won Best Picture, Moonlight, uh, playing the uh, protagonist of the movie's uh, surrogate mom. Um, and so 
I was very uh, cool with that. I thought that was going to be awesome because number one, I mean, listen, real talk, she's a beautiful woman, and and I, I mean, I don't, I haven't acquired hundreds of commissions of Domino because I think she's like just because of her personality, right? I, I think she's she's I you know I think she's a, a there is a physical attractiveness to to her as there are any really I guess most uh, the majority of, of superhero characters, um, so I think she passed that bill. I think she's a beautiful woman. Um, and I think she's a good actress, so I was totally down with that. Totally cool with that idea. Then they actually cast Domino today, and it is a actress named, and I don't even know if I'm saying the name right, but uh, Zazie Beats, uh, which I have to imagine can't be her real name, but that's another issue. Uh, Z-A-Z-I-E, uh, first name, last name, Beats, B-E-E-T-Z. Um, now, I know her a little because she um, she was in, um, she is in Atlanta, uh, the, the show. Now, um, I have to say, um, like I'm cool with it. Like she, she, you know, I, I saw some some mock-ups of her, you know, as Domino and and, and Rob Liefeld was like super giddy about it and stuff. So I'm, I'm cool with her. And again, I, I mean, she's a good actress, at least from what I've seen, little I've seen of her. That's all good. But I, if I'm being real, though, it, it is a letdown for me because I think she's a very attractive young lady. Um, there's no denying that. But she's not drop dead gorgeous to me. I, I don't like. I don't think she's like she's nowhere near as attractive as Janelle Monae, Monet, in my opinion. So, um, so yeah. I mean, look. I mean, ultimately, I'm probably going to feel a lot differently when the movie hits and she's got the whole costume on and the makeup and the, the you know, and they 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 got the effects on, so she's got the you know the the eye and all that. So like, I, I'm I'm not suggesting that this is like a, a downer, but but it, it's 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 a little anticlimactic for me because. You know, over the years, I've had a handful of, of of different actresses that I thought would be perfect for the role, and and never once did Zazie Beetz come into it. Nor, nor would it. I mean, she's a relatively new 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 actress, but but uh, yeah. So uh, I've been getting deluged on the Facebook and Twitter about what I think of it, and uh, so for those wondering that that aren't Facebook friends with us or aren't in the group, I you know I'm I'm cool with it. Like I'm not like crushed, but but it's not. Uh, it's it's definitely a little anticlimactic at this point. So hopefully I'll be I'll, hopefully I'll fall in love once I see her. You know, fully rendered as Domino. I hope so. Yeah. Cool. And oh, I'm gonna put Julian on blast too. Uh-oh. So we're talking about this in Facebook, and Daryl or uh, Rap asked me what I thought because he knows how much I like Domino, and I said basically what I just said. And I said because I would prefer Janelle Monae because she's, uh, I think, a bit prettier, and uh, I like her as an actress. And Julian like gave me the side eye and said, "Oh, that's really interesting because because Zazie Beetz has like been in more stuff." And I looked her up on IMDb and I called bullshit on that. Mm. She's been in like three short films, which you can't count because nobody fucking watches short films. She's been yeah. in yeah, of course. She's been in six episodes of Atlanta, of which I, I've seen her in, and she's been in like one like uh, she's been in a Netflix show in two episodes called Easy. Like I'm sorry, that does not compare to what Janelle Monae has been in, n- inclusive of two Best Picture nominated films. So BS on that. Yeah, that wow. was him being a film stop. Calling him out. I love him, but no, because he gave me the side eye, and I'm like, my dude, like you're upset with me because I profess to not know Zazie Beetz as an actress. Like, sorry. So anyway, there you go. Yeah. So hopefully we'll see her in costume soon, and then I'll be totally fine. Now, also, just one other thing, sorry. Like, people were asking, so she's, b- both Janelle Monet and, and Zazie Beetz are, are black women. 
And one of the guys on our forum was like, well, is that going to be weird? Like, are they, A, not going to have her look like she does in the comics? Which, again, for those that don't know, shame on you for not knowing. But for those of you who don't know, she is she's not an albino, like, in the sense that she has albinoism. But she's an albino from the perspective of how you would describe her. She is stark, pure white skin. Like, like you know, with, like, pure, pure white. As if, like, if you were taking out paints, she would be, like, a pure white. With a pure black, like, eye patch, like, around her or one eye. Um so you know, the guy was asking, like, it, are, are they are they not going to have her be like that, or are they going to? And I presume they, ha- I mean, they have to, right? Like, like they're. I'd assume whether it was a, no matter what ethnicity uh, they cast for the actress, I assume they would like. Eat, and no matter what your, how do I say this? Domino's skin in the comics is not natural. So whether you were casting a Caucasian woman or an Asian woman or an Indian woman or a black woman, like you're going to have to put some kind of effect on her skin. Like that's like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like, yeah. yeah. So I, I'm I, to answer to their question. I, I presume the fact that she's a black woman is irrelevant. Like it doesn't like, they're going to have to make her skin stark white. And as they, and they would have had to do the same thing to a, like a white woman. Like, so, you know, like if they cast her least they're on, they were going to have to do the same to her. So I don't, I don't really see how that's a factor one way or the other. Uh, and, and actually I've always, I, I mean, I think we've talked about this before. I've always assumed that Domino, was a black woman actually? Like I've always assumed she she was black in the comics, just from the attitude. And yeah, I can see that. No, her name. I mean, her name and the attitude, right? Like 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 Nina, Nina Thurman, right? I, I don't know. Because it's N E E N A, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I mean, not that they've really ever said it one way or the other, but I I assume she was African. Like, Give Rob a call, find out. We should. Well, he can come back on. That's true. We should ask him if if he ever thought of it, if he ever intended for it one way or the other. And then you'd get an hour and a half, and we'd be done. Right. Then we just well, yeah. So then we could just if we ever need a week off. <laughs> it's like yeah, somebody yeah, asked yeah. Kevin Smith a question during one of his Q and A's. It's like everybody else shows up in the audience. They're like, "Well, why why did I buy a ticket if it was just going to be this one dude asking yeah. this one question?" Well, it it is Q one one Q one. Being that you guys have nowhere near the crazy emotional baggage of caring about this character in the way I do, what would it? Do you have any thoughts about the casting? No, I I just I I am so. I was impressed with Deadpool that I think that if I, cause right after, well, not right after, but the, um, the original, the director for the first movie, he had to walk away from it because he wanted to take it in a different direction that Ryan Reynolds and I'm guessing the other writers and, and, and the studio had in mind thinking it would be stay, keep it true to, to the source material. Um, so there was a falling out. There was a disagreement there. So the director has left. Uh, I, I absolutely trust the people who are involved in, in making this movie. Um, Fabian seems to be fine with, with, with the casting choice. Rob seems to be fine with the casting choice. I, I, um, I don't have the, uh, how you feel about Domino is, Way heavier than anything I feel towards the character. So they, I, I, this is part of me giving them the benefit of the doubt. I don't, I don't know who I could see in the role. So, um, I'm, I'm fine with pretty much, I'm not saying, oh, that you can give it to anyone. And, but I, I think that, um, as long as the, the character fits, and I haven't seen Atlanta. I had it recorded. I, I, I haven't got around to, to watching it yet, so I'm not familiar 
with the actress either. Um, but I just, they, it, it's, it's not like it was because of Domino that was going to get my ass in the theater to see it, but it's, um, I just, I, I also wouldn't want whoever plays her to, to, to be an anchor around the neck of everybody else and, and bringing the movie down. So I'm, I'm giving them, like I said, the benefit of the doubt. Cool. Yeah. And I know Vince, you kind of, you kind of groaned as we were leading in with this. I guess you're rather nonplussed. No, I, I don't care either way. I, I, I will actually see Deadpool 2 regardless of who plays Domino. It's, sure. Right. I, as you said, I, that emotional baggage for that character, I don't have it. You know. <laughs> No, I'm not saying that. No, character. no, 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 yeah. no, 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 no. That's not what I was saying. I was saying, you know, like we all have characters that we love. I mean, um, yeah. I have an awesome and, and, segue coming up. Oh, good. Yeah. But the question is, because I'm going to try and bust up your segue. Uh, <laughs> you know, if like we're putting ourselves on the couch, like I don't know why I like I don't know why I love Domino as much as I do. Right. Like I know that it ties into the fact that I I just love that whole period when Liefeld was creating new characters and. I was just in the right age and the right spot to be obsessed with that idea, but I, and she was the the female of the group, but I, but it's definitely inextricably, inextricably linked to my becoming a original art fan and like wanting to have something that was different than you know asking cre- creators to draw something different than what they would normally ask, but but yeah, I mean I don't because it's not like she's had like a lot of seminal works, right? Like it's not like there haven't been like all time classic Domino stories, you know what I mean? Like she right. hasn't had like. A year one, you know what I'm saying? Like, like she's largely been a, you know, a supporting character in team books, or you know, or or a more prominent character in like B or C list titles. She, she's never been, you know, an A lister, so to speak. At least, I mean, she. I guess she was an A lister at the start when Rob was doing X Force, but but beyond that, um. So I don't know. I don't know why. It's just it's mainly the visuals. I just I think she's just super cool looking. I don't know. She is design wise. She, she is. Yeah, she's she great. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, speaking of unnatural obsessions with characters, uh, I have a lot of pleasure to bring to this uh, episode, but I have one incredibly stinging dose of pain. So I, I thought I would get that out of the way before we jump into the love. Okay. okay. I, can't, I, I can't let this book go by and not comment on it. Okay. Oh. It was written by R.L. Stein, and, oh. written, and, and, <laughs> and and written written is in quotes here. Uh, you mad, um, bro? Very, yeah. yeah. Illustrated by Herman Peralta, color art by Rochelle Rosenberg, and there's a uh, a very beautiful backup story illustrated by Daniel Warren Johnson and uh, Matt Lopez. I wish I could make every copy of this infernal thing blink out of existence. That's how much wow. I that's how much I hate this book. Holy shnikes. I hate it. The the covers by Tyler Crook too. It's very nicely done. I have zero problems with the visual team on this book. Oh, well you so I that, think, but that belies what you just said then. No, 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 no. Uh R.L. Stein is um Go eat a dick. A very, very huge one. Yeah. A syphilitic, a syphilitic dick. Yeah. Um, and everybody knows that I have a, a, an unnatural obsession with the man, the man thing. 
I wish. Um, uh, my favorite Marvel character. Uh, I've talked about him many times in this story. Um, we are led to believe that all of the time that Ted Salas, uh, as the man thing spent in the swamp, he used to regain his memory and speech functions. The man thing speaks in this book. Mm. He is a half baked actor. Oh no. Yes. Uh, he, wow. As, as oh, it, I'm weeping for you. As it opens, it starts, uh, uh, there's a battle between the man thing and this giant insect like creature. And the, the, the insect creature berates him in the middle of the battle. Whoa, I didn't know they can pile human waste that high. Where does the swamp end and you begin? And the man thing is, is, well, Ted Salas is thinking how he, about his strategy and how he's going to take this bug down. And then someone offset yells, cut! And it pulls back and we see it's a movie set and the, the man thing is crawling out of this, this, half-baked set and and the the bug creature like there's actors in its um core and its tail and so so the man thing goes to the director uh heck haywood and uh the director wanted to see him and he and, and it's it's so cliched the director's like please like don't sit on my couch i just had it up reupholstered or 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 that's that's italian um the rug or whatever he's dripping on the rug and he lets the man thing go because he scares children like you didn't know that when you when you hired the man thing um the 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 markets in which they tested the man thing this movie mm-hmm. didn't didn't do very well so he lets the man thing go should have tested this <laughs> uh, the man thing scares children, and we, we see that he walks down the street, and the people around him are just like, 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 mommy. He smells. He's making my tummy feel bad. Oh boy, this is an injustice. This book, but it gets worse. It gets worse, and uh, so the flat, the inevitable flashback of Ted Salas, and and um, the the woman that wronged him, Ellen. It's in the cabin. He's making the formula, and he's like, "I got to get rid of this thing," you know. Um, and the the goons bust in, and she's like, "Did I ever think I'd be interested? In, did you really think I was ever interested in you?" And she does the old finger down the throat thing, like, uh, it, like oh on panel. But anyway, so he injects himself with the, the the serum, the super soldier serum, to get it away from the goons. Um, falls into the it's it's tip it's not a stretch. This is the origin, right? But as he comes out of the water, the, there's the two goons come after him in a truck, and Manthing comes out and listen to this dialogue. Okay. Think he can swim? I'm not going down there to get him, huh? What is that? I got to call my optometrist. I'm seeing things. The man thing picks up the truck and the guy who's in the truck, who's probably going to get thrown and killed, says, hey, can we talk about this? I didn't bring my swimsuit. I want to die reading this book. Now, I admit uh, I was, as I think we all were, were too old for the Goosebumps thing. I've never read an R.L. Stein book. Yeah, nor have I. Um, and my kids have never gotten into it. So I, what I would say is purely based on reputation. I, I know that could be way off. But I thought Goosebumps were horror stories that were geared towards, like, tweens. Right. 
Right. Yes. Children. That, that was my taking. Now, what you're describing to me doesn't sound in any way, shape, or form like horror. No, it's not. It's a pastiche. It's like comedy. It, it's it's taking it's it, first of all, it's a fundamental misunderstanding of the character of the man thing. Right. You're making him think and speak. You've blown it right there. That's yeah. that goes against everything. That and and you know what? If we're gonna slam the book down, that goes against everything that Gerber had set up. Okay. But it's it's not even – I could – okay, I'm not unwilling to read a humorous take on the man thing. But at least make it funny. At least make the dialogue snappy. He encounters a, a doppelganger on the street. Another man thing shows up on the street. And the Ted Salas man thing looks at the doppelganger and says, hey, handsome, where'd you come from? Like this book is shit from page one. It's total no, shit. Sorry, I, 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 I can't – like I usually pussyfoot around stuff. Like I could find the good in everything. Yes, yeah. the visuals are nice in this book. The visuals are yeah. fine. Although the, the, they did a, a, a an adequate job. But the story – like why did they hire him to write Man-Thing? Why did they hire him to write like anything? It, hearing what you just said about this book and hearing what our – and, and well, between texting and, and what he posted on Facebook, I, our good friend, Pat Loika, how he feels about a character that's very near and dear to him oh, yeah, we that, that was ruined this week. It sounds like y'all know what I felt many, many years ago. And I think oh. we're going to have to have a Man-Thing and Emma advancement team and turn that heat into meat and just let you all have your just it it really there are certain things that i think that it, it, yeah there and this is not this is not going to destroy the reputation of man thing I, I is this is this an ongoing is this a limited series please I, tell me it was a one shot i know it's not a one shot it's continued um okay. i i have I, no idea whether it's a, a limited series or an ongoing I, at this point i really don't care Yes. Yeah, because this is the first and last issue of it. I'm going to read. And, no, uh, that's your right. But it, it's it, man thing is obviously stronger than this one. I mean, we've seen him right. Rules, no, we've seen he, him in old Logan. I mean, right. we, we, we know, but it's still it's still because we don't. It's not like we get a man thing story every month. So it's still going to sting. You just and and it's not like it, if maybe that even makes it worse because if you have somebody, if you have an established writer, maybe not a comic book writer, but somebody who actually does make a living out of being a writer and and to to have him take a character like this and just completely have him do things that he's never done it's well, just it, 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 it's just it's stupid Be, because even if even if Ted Salas did bubble to the surface in the consciousness of the man thing I'm if he did right the guy was the guardian of the nexus of all realities, right? You think he would be somewhat enlightened at this point in in his life? You, he's he's obviously seen and experienced things that no other person on the in in existence has has ex experienced, right? And yet he he talks like like a a mutog, you know what I mean? Like hey, hey, hey. it it it's just he's he's quacking wise like Howard. Maybe I mean if if you took out the man thing, and put the duck in here, it would work. 
but right. as the man thing, no. He and then when he's face to face with the with the with the lookalike, he's like, "Okay, I get it. You want to dance? How about if I lead?" And he punches him. Mm-hmm. Who like it, it's it's just like um, R.L. Stein believed every cliche he ever heard about how to write a comic book and just enacted it on the page. It's it's yeah. it's garbage. And the story that he wrote at the in, in the backup is visually exciting because it's Daniel Warren Johnson, but uh-huh. it's a four-page O. Henry ending, and it's just garbage. It's not even it, – it, it makes no sense. The ending makes no sense. This, this, this guy um, is with a woman who has a ring, and, and the ring has um, – the, the, there's like mystical powers to this ring the enchanter ruby and some people it imparts good things to some people it imparts bad things to and she this woman claims that the ring was the reason why she's rich and famous and beautiful was because she was down and out and somebody put the ring in her in her begging cup and from there she became rich and you know uh, beautiful and blah 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 and so the guy's a musician and he 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 kills the woman takes the ring puts it on his finger and it think he thinks that he's going to to um get fame and fortune and women are going to flock to him and he wakes up the next morning and his fingers are gone. That's the ending. Uh, That's the uh, ending. Uh, it just, it, it makes no sense. Like I hate everything about this book. Yeah, I do. And I, I hate to be a doesn't downer sound by your, by your, by your description. It doesn't sound like you're wrong. No, it's, it's, it's dookie. The whole thing is dookie. Dookie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Please, please people. If you've never taken my word for something, just the, <laughs> give me the benefit of the doubt on this one. Uh-huh. Do not buy this man thing book. And if you did buy it and you hated it, rip it up and send it back to Marvel and say, stop the bullshit. Stop hiring people that should not write these characters. Yeah. Hate it. Reach. Reach. Yeah. Go. Uh, I won't, um, I don't, I don't have to dive into this right now, but I will say that, uh, pulpit. since you're talking man thing, uh, I give Jeff Lemire a little, little props. Um, uh, in Extraordinary X Men during the Apocalypse Wars, mm-hmm. uh, Man Thing is one of the uh, horsemen. I just got erect when you said that. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Moon Knight's one of them too. Ooh. <laughs> I know. <laughs> finally, finally a job. <laughs> one one hand giveth. Yeah. No, that's fun. Moon Knight as a as a horseman, that's fine. Well, Moon Knight now. I mean, yes. Yeah. If it was if it was before before the Ellis, before the Lemire, before the, it, it would have it it might have been harder to. It was like, oh, okay, we just got to find something in, for for Moon Knight to do. But I I can there's been it, it's and yes, Andrew Shaw, his fans, Moon Knight fans, will say that you know the characters always been there that 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 it's. We've always seen it. It's just everybody else who hasn't, and it, it just took some really good writers to tell some really interesting stories with the character um, to make the rest of us see that. But it's, uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's it's it, it, it's fine. Again, it's one of those things where it's it's uh, is that better than Black Knight? I don't know. It, it's just I'm glad that uh, that Moon Knight is just getting some love. No, and I have to like that, like Moon Knight with Andrew. I have to admit, my love for the Man Thing is totally irrational. There's no, no foundation. Sure. Dude, these characters <laughs> are all fantastical. Like, it, like that's the one thing I, I don't think we should ever apologize for. Is like these characters are ridiculous. Like, well, your 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 column that you used to write, 
Carl should be ridiculous. Um, <laughs> me. <laughs> You're so lucky. I love you. I got tap on this. Dad's going crazy. Uh, <laughs> Man, so I'm gonna come out of the gate and then limp it for the first turn. Um, I'm guilty. But, but right. either way, either way, in the spirit of your awesome column, mm-hmm. comics should be ridiculous, dude. They like, should be. This fucking things like it's stupid. This stuff is stupid. Like if you just like my wife, as you guys know, great relationship, love her to death. She is super supportive of my obsession with this hobby, but she has 0.0% interest in comics. She doesn't want to read them. She thinks they're silly. She doesn't get them. She's a scientist. She doesn't get them. I try and describe sometimes to her, these characters. And she just gives me that, that, that side. I like for reals, dude. But like, but the point is like, that's what makes comic nerds, comic nerds. Right. That's what separates us by the way. Like, I'm going to sound like that guy who's like, oh, I remember when this band was, was on an indie label and they were my band. Uh, that's what makes us, like, the true torchbearers of these characters, even though the reality is it's the tens of millions of people who go to see the films and don't care about the comics that really keep the engine going. But, like, we're the torchbearers. Like, we care about their histories and we care about their continuity and we care about the nuances of it. Like, I care that... Domino was really copycat, right? And I care when someone draws her costume wrong. Like, you, they, you know, like we all have, like, that's what makes them special to us is we have an un, an illogical obsession with these fictional works. And that's, like, that's awesome. That's, like, the great unifying factor of, you know, we always say, like, we have the, uh, we're, we're very fortunate to have a very large audience and, and our show is unscripted and we talk about everything from kids' comics to porn comics to, to 1950s comics to modern comics and like we don't really have like a, a specific thing we're known for except maybe our diversity and I think that's it the unifying factor for all of our listeners and us is that we love this shit like we yeah. like, we made, like no one that listens to us loves 100% of what we talk about no but there's some but the passion we have for what we talk about is equivalent to the passion they have for what they love right and that's what this is all about yep you know well said and and like um you know, Loika is very fascinating to me because Pat is, and in like almost to a fault, I would say, incredibly reluctant to criticize things publicly. Uh, in fact, when our when we had the forums and they were, you know, our forums were humming along, I think Pat kind of got fed up with our forums and really all forums because he hated when people go in and hate on stuff. And I know it always bothered him when we on our show would hate on something, although that wasn't very frequent, but. Um, so for Pat to come on to Facebook and to say that he's, you know, to rant essentially and to say that he's, and to, and to go full fanboy and say, I'm going to give up reading X-Men comics, which for him is, I mean, that, those are his, his main, his favorite comics, you know, that says something. And like, again, rationally, like the, the thing he's complaining about, I mean, real talk, I have zero issues with it. Like, I, like, I think it's perfectly reasonable in the realm of comic book storytelling to have happen what happened to, to that character. Like, it doesn't even seem out of character to me. That said, though, that's his character. Yeah. That's, and he, he has a picture and a full tapestry of all of her appearances and motivations. And for him, it's so out of character that it hit a breaking point. And it's like when, uh, when Remender turned Punisher into Frank and Punisher. Oh, so you good. Know, no, right, but if you're a if you're a hardcore Frank guy, it bothered some people, and like they're not wrong, bothered by it. 
like because it's their guy. Like just like again, if you took, I mean, we were, <laughs> you guys know how much I love Wolverine. If if I will never forgive Jeff Loeb for turning him into a dog, I think it's the most retar- fucking retarded thing ever made. But <laughs> but but a lot of people don't care about Wolverine, and that story is just another Wolverine story to them. It's not good or bad or indifferent. It's just another story. Like it's not a big deal because to them, he, he's just a, a vessel, right? And it's right. like, honestly, I don't. I mean, I love the original Howard the Duck stuff, but like, I'm not offended. Not? No, right? But like, I'm not because he's not my character. Like, I'm not offended by like the Chip Zdarsky thing. But I know to you, it's like fingers on a chalkboard. Yeah, you I can't. I, mean? I can't read it. I gave it a, right. I read that one issue. It's like it's like Pat's not wrong. You're not wrong. I'm not wrong. Daph's not wrong for his, you know, his visceral distaste for the Hal Kyle situation. <laughs> um, yeah. it, it, no, we all have. There, there's definitely. Um, yeah, Vince is laughing. But if they did that to Guy to make room for Kyle, then, oh, you know, but no, it, I. You know what? It, it, no, just let me say this before you get into your sure. thing. I don't love Guy as you think as much as you think I love. <laughs> Only because of how much you love. To say you love yes. him more than how, because which is fine. no, I, I, I do say that all the time. I'm a Baz guy myself. Oh come on, right. I can't believe that. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Baz, uh, what do I, I know d- from Baz? <laughs> there you go. There's a new T-shirt. What do I know from Baz? Uh, <laughs> I only say I love Guy because you don't, and I, I want to get you going. And I, it's it's not. I don't. I I may not love Guy. I think Guy serves purpose. I I. I think Guy is a... He's a hammer. He's, yeah, and it's, you know, he he is a member of, I find him to be a more worthy member of the core than I ever considered Kyle to be. And again, it's it's all because of what, and, and, and just like with Pad, just like with Manthing, just like with everything, what we've been talking about, if they did this with Domino for Jason, it's, it's there are just, if you've, if you have established something and and it's set in stone and 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 this these are your rules and you know it's you got to have a strong force of will you have to be fearless this, and, and there's a whole list and the ring actually has to choose its bearer you can't have some dude stumbling out of a bar finding the fucking ring like it's a crackerjacks toy and and oh now you're a green lantern it's like dude i don't it's it's like you just completely just shat all over Everything that anybody who cared about, and that's that, that's that, that's that sense of ownership. It's like, which is why some of us will get mad when, you know, I'm not loving Spider-Man right now and it kind of hurts that I can't read. I, I have to go read a Miles Morales comic book if I want to really get it or, or, or Spidey, which is not set in, in, in the, the true 616. You know, they're just, it, it's, we all, I, I absolutely get it. Yes. And it is, it's, it's, it is, it's a little nutty. To, to to feel this way towards something that you know we don't there's there's no we have that well it, it's that whole the owner we don't own it but it we we've invested so much time and and money to some degree yeah. and, and and there's just there's like you know i've i've spent so much of my life reading about reading these adventures and 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 learning everything and and just yeah. you you've sucked me in yeah. and and you just it it stings because it's like well you just you obviously we, we say oh you don't care about us and no they, they care about money they want to make sure that 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 it's a business but it it absolutely stings when when you've just it's like any relationship you just you've put so much into it and 
you, you just you think you know more or better than than the people in charge, and it, it's just how do you not see yep. what what you just did? So I I absolutely get, I, I think it's you could say it's amusing or you, you know, you have the other people who are just too cool for school and it's like, you know, they shrug it off. It's like, well, you know, you couldn't see that coming. They've done it, you know, 20 years ago. They're going to do it again. They're going to, and it's like, but that's not, I'm not, I'm not looking for patterns. I'm not looking for a cycle to go up and down on. I just, if, right. if I'm in the zone and I'm enjoying this now, I don't want to worry about, well, in five years, it, that, that's about when it should happen again, where I'm going to be yep. pissed. I don't, I don't, that, that's not why I'm doing this. I, yeah. I, I so, right. You know, this is this is actually like this is kind of at the heart of one of the the true nerd on nerd issues, right? Like, I think we're all guilty. I mean, we like the collective we of both sides of it, right? Like, there are things that we poke fun at because we really don't have an attachment to it, right. and when someone gets all bent out of shape, I'm like, we're like, chill, bro. You know, like, <laughs> right. that's true. Right? Yeah. We've all done that, right? Yeah. And then on the flip yeah. side. As we just got done discussing, we have shit that fucking sets us off. Seriously, <laughs> but like, don't be fucking with my character. I, and, I, and like, and, and then, I, and then if someone comes at you and like, bro, relax, you're like, don't tell me to relax. You don't yeah. even know. But you know what? You know? I think the 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 uh, the factors that pl- come into play with these obsessions are really strong. Like, uh, I'm not speaking for either one of you, but I was eight years old when I read my first Man Thing story. And, no, and, and, it, and it's a time, yeah, yeah. it's a yep. place, it's a yep. feeling, it's a, and, and, and it's a memory. And that, okay, so I'm, I'm 51. So this character came to me within my first decade of life. Yep. Branded itself upon me. And I've carried that, thanks to Gray Morrow, uh, it branded itself on me for Decades and decades and decades. So yeah, I'm going to care if somebody portrays the man thing in a, a manner that's very much unlike the way he's been portrayed in yep. every other book ever made. You know, it's just yeah, you're you're 100 percent right. I mean, that's the thing. It's like it's. I mean, and that's that's nostalgia across all types of things. It, mm-hmm. It's not just comics, right? It's like it's why almost almost linearly, whenever you first started getting the music as a preteen teenager is the music you hold to the your dying breath is the best right true like it's the same like you know or and and i yeah i think that's exactly right i think it's the it's an interesting world we live in now because i can't really speak to what the quote-unquote typical young comic book fan is which is to say probably it's there's no such thing as typical anymore but there is some truth that there, there there is a bit of uniformity to the old school comic book fan, right? Which is, and again, I don't want to stereotype. There's a million different people that read a million different comics, but there was a lot more uniformity and uh, probably um, we were more worthy of the stereotypes of for our generation than like people are now that read comics, right? Like, you know, again, not everyone was this way, but, but I, I think there's a, a big correlation to people of our age that like used it for escapism. And uh, it was a somewhat insular hobby you know by definition you're escaping into a realm of fiction right so to be obsessed to the point where you're reading dozens if not hundreds of interconnected character stories and getting totally sucked into you know what equates to years and years of storytelling and like obsessed to the point where you still remember like it was yesterday you're in some ways like 
psychologically trying to not e- either you're trying to or you just are getting away from some like reality into some other realm, right? And like there's there's a lot of commonality there, right? Like again, what no matter what what race you are, no matter where you grew up in a city or a, a small town or you're rich or poor, like if you were a comic book nerd in your 40s or 50s or 60s now, like you had you know you were coming from the same kind of place, it, like it and it and it evokes a real emotional uh, resonance to a point of your life, which, which you could argue that comics were, were uh, a big part of making you feel good. And it doesn't mean you didn't have other parts of your life that make you feel good. But like the thing that like, if you're still obsessed with comics, like we all are as grown ass men and women, it's because they gave you a sense of comfort and happiness at a different age which for some of us maybe was our, our main source of that. And for others, it was just an ancillary source, but it still was a big, it was something that really, really made us happy, which is yeah. why we carried forward. Right. Peter Parker was my friend. Yeah. yeah I, exactly. I mean, yeah. way back then I didn't have many of them. Um, and reading, especially comics was exactly what you said. It was my way out. I, I yep. didn't, I didn't have to socialize. I could just go to the, to the, the newsstand, scoop up three or, or four comics. And I was good. Yeah. Yeah. I remember being like the youngest person at like at, at, like one of the few kids that had like a pool list at this LCS near our house. And um when I think back on it now, like I felt at home there, like being like a twelve year old kid going in and having a pool list and like I was around most of the other people in the comic shop and I would go were grown ass men. Yeah. You know, like but I felt at home there. Like it just cause they were my people. Like they cared like I cared more about to your point, like what was happening in Young Blood Three than like than like what was going on in the world, right? Like that was more important to them and me. Yeah. So, you know. Well, I'm a different generation than you. Um, no, I'm. That my point is, it's whatever your stories were at the time. No, no, no. What I was going to say is this. I don't think this is a revelation to anyone, but there was a stronger. There was uh, something in my life that was stronger than comics, and that was monster magazines. Hmm. Oh yeah. Oh, much. I don't. You know, I shouldn't say much stronger, but I would forego the comics if a new issue of Famous Monsters came. Okay. Out. I would say the only thing analogous to me for comics at that point was was VC, like video stores. Okay. We love video stores. Like my friends and I, we would I would spend hours going what looking at the, the tapes and going through the you know the kung yeah. fu movies and horror movies and yeah. I had, to, I had to wait twenty years for that. So. Oh, you're old. You're old. Right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now let's way, make this might be a good dap. This might be a good first round table. Characters, like, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like we can always... the characters that we we just you can't you can't fucks with like our yeah. <laughs> our, our like hands off characters, right? I I have, but how many have? And I don't mean to cut you off. It's at, have there been any characters? That haven't been fucked with because we've whether it's Spider Man, Wolverine, Moon, every, every character we've mentioned so far tonight has has right. been it, it air quotes ruined. Um, someone is going to think that 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 was a completely botched move. You, you, well, I, I think my question isn't is a corollary to that. Is could you say that that for someone out there, even if it's one person, like every character is their favorite. Like, is it, cause I was going to say that, um, like, uh, when we had Tom, Tom came on and we were talking about vision and what a, you know, 
I would say that one of the reasons that Vision, one of the reasons he was able to make Vision into what it was, is because there, and he said this, is because there is no, there was no seminal Vision story before that. Like right. He wasn't such a holy grail that Marvel really didn't care what he did so long as he didn't screw up continuity more broadly. And I'm sure there's like some dude listening right now that's got like 400 vision commissions. Like I have domino commissions. He's like, go fuck yourself. Wood Vision's my man. <laughs> but my point is like broadly, like vision is not anyone's like holy grail. Very few people's holy grail character such that Tom could pretty much reshape that character in any way he wanted to tell a good story. I think, and and that's the beauty of that, finding a character that you can do that with. That people know the character, but they're not obsessed with the continuity or the way the quote-unquote character should be. Whereas so many characters, and again, we're not talking all A-listers here, because I would say, you know, I would say like, you know, Green Lantern is obviously A-list, but like, I don't know if the Man-Thing or Domino or A-list characters, Man-Thing's probably closer because of the 70s projects, but... You know, today's day and age, maybe not, but like we care about them. But my point is, it's like, um, you know, maybe that's the trick is if you're going to have a vision moment, it's got to find a character that's known, but just isn't going to, isn't going to have a lot of presuppositions by its readers about what they, what it should or shouldn't be. Okay. Before we move on, real quick, five characters that you will absolutely not tolerate anybody screwing with. Who five, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, certainly, I mean, Domino and Wolverine for sure, for me. Um, and again, e- I recognize that's easier because there isn't really, I mean, people don't really F with Domino that much anyway, but <laughs> Wolverine gets F with all the time, unfortunately, and is currently dead, so, um, <laughs> uh, which Charles sold me to death for, but, um, <laughs> um, let me make him a statue. Not better. Very sorry. Um, guy can survive Galactus Blast, but he's, he, Gets into a statue. Um, <laughs> what about a hero? Uh, but um, I'm not bitter though. Uh, let's see who else. Um, I don't even know if I have five. I probably do. Let me see. Hmm. You guys go ahead too. I mean, I, I'm just trying to think. Um, David. Uh, well, Spider-Man, Hal. Um. Cyclops, basically everybody who's been fucked with. I was gonna uh, say Cyclops has been yeah. torn asunder. So, so it's it's um yeah, there's and and those three easily. Um, uh, I'm 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 hmm. I kind of want to say, oh, uh, Deathstroke and um and probably Punisher. Okay. But, but you were very receptive to the Frankencastle thing. Yeah, I saw, I mean, it was just, it, that was, it, Remender brought, he got to play with Frank in the 616, so it was, it, it was kind of, it, it worked. I mean, it was following yeah. Dark Reign, I mean, they brought Micro back, they just, they, I mean, it was, mm-hmm. it, it absolutely, and I knew it wasn't going to be long lasting, it was just, I didn't, I didn't throw the, the issue down on it, the bullshit. You no, know? and I mean, it was so far fetched that it was yes, okay. Absolutely. I mean, you know, I, if, if he just tweaked it within the, the bounds of, of good taste, let's say, then you would have been like, ah, oh, this is, this is ridiculous. But he made him a Frankenstein monster. Like, mm-hmm. that is just fun. 
and I mean, and, and and how else do you? I mean, and it's anything after you 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 meet your end at at, at the, the claws of Dakin. I mean, Dakin, it, it's oh. a, a step up. So that's it. That's and, like, <laughs> and I don't, I'm not about to do. I'm not about to do the whole honorable mentions because I can't make a list and limit it to five. But it, it's it's probably Punisher for me over over Daredevil only because it's like it, it's it, there's. When Daredevil is done right, it's it, even even when they do something like the armor or Shadowland, or it's it's still there's been the best Daredevil stories are so strong that he to me Daredevil mm-hmm. even with whatever the hell Soul's doing right now with 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 the whole new look, it's Daredevil's kind of Teflon. It is just no matter what kind of crap they throw at Matt Murdock, what what Miller. And, and the great stories, what, what Wade was doing, that's just, it, there really is very little they could do to Daredevil. To my, so even, even if they do a stupid story with the character, I still, it still doesn't register to me just because there's been, there's enough credit in the bank for, for yeah. with Daredevil. Yeah. Alright, my list is, is easy. Uh, Man Thing, Howard the Duck, Peter Parker, Vampirella, and Susie Storm. Yeah, mm. I can see that. Now it's interesting that you you say I said Spider Man, you said Peter Parker. Yeah. I, I hate it when they <laughs> when they take him out of the scraping together every nickel that he can yes. find. Oh yeah, no. I, I, I think it's totally wrong to put him in a in a position of power mm-hmm. where where he's uh, with the, the technology just flowing like mana and he's got all this money available. Like that is just wrong for Peter Parker. He, he, he has, he has to pull himself up by his bootstraps. That's the, that's the character. He's always at a deficit. He's always striving to be better than he is. And there's always somebody to slap him down. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe you guys, I, I don't know who I, I don't think I have five. I have about a hundred characters that I really don't care what happens to. No, I mean, that's like, I I, I don't know. It's almost like for me, I'm thinking like, I know there have been times where I've thought like, where characters have bothered me. Like who? Like there have been times where I've been bothered by Mm -hmm. things, but I can't like, I don't know. I mean, other than, but I'm, it's, I don't know. It's not because like you would think me to say Deadpool, but honestly, I've never like, Deadpool's always been such a zany character that yeah, he's so flexible. He, you know, I mean, I've read plenty of comics. Like I've read lots of bad Deadpool comics. Right, the current run is bad, but um, but but I, but it doesn't bother me. Like you know, that's what I'm saying. Like 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 they could do anything to him. I don't really care. I'll just be like, okay, well, I'll come back to it when it's good again. You know, I. But like, yeah, Wolverine pisses me off when they fuck with him. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. All right. I well, I, that's uh, it in Captain America, but that's just but that's just a bad story. It's not like they're really. It, it's it's what what's going on right now is just it's it's really tough to read because it, it's it's so it. Garrett, it's not even a bad what if story. It's just it's because well, he's old. He's not old anymore. Dude. Oh, he's not. No. No, he's a hybrid no. agent. He's a high. It's just it's it's there. It's because of the cosmic cube. His his whole what what he believes happened, how he believes he was brought up, is completely different than how it actually happened. So his yeah. his whole mindset is is he's going 
he believes he was raised as 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 someone who is right. They're still going with that. Loyal to Hydra. Yeah, he's still it's, Secret it's, Empire. Uh, yeah, it's so, up to that, I believe. The whole event is around the idea of Cap being yeah. the leader of Hydra. Yeah, that got um, one of the covers of the previews. The the yeah. the, the Marvel preview supplement. I don't even read it. I just recycle. I recycle it. All right, let's get into the love. Let's talk about stuff we love here. Let's do it. We uh, we had an assignment last week. Yes, where we would we all read um, Beowulf. At, no. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, I guess we're going to put that back another week? Yeah, we're putting it back another If week. that would be okay. Cool. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> David we, Rubin, if you're listening, I apologize for my heathenistic co-hosts. We, we all said that we would dip our toes yet again into the uh, the pond that is 1963. Shamed by And why? Why did we pick that, Vince? Dap picked it. Oh, that's a that's not only does he not write a column anymore, he doesn't even visit the website. Oh my god! Damn, dude. No, it was one of your um, <laughs> one of your thingies. One of your things for that, that thing you did there. Did you tweet it? <laughs> yes, it was. It was tied into the ten lesser known '90s creator-owned image series. Yes, that Jason wrote about on our the website, elevenoclockcomics.com, uh, written by Alan Moore. Pencils by Rick Veach, Steve Bissett, and Jim Valentino. Inks by Don Simpson, Chester Brown, John Totalben, Bissett, and Dave Gibbons. And we read all six issues. Good. And and I gotta say, it was fun going in. Yeah. yeah. It it got <laughs> tedious, very tedious, very quickly. Towards the first issue is a grand slam. Yes. Yeah, which is the Fantastic Four takeoff. But, yeah, Mystery but, Incorporated. Uh, but the thing is, there's a there's a a plot thread that begins in Mystery Incorporated and doesn't come to well, it kind of comes to fruition in the last issue, which was the Tomorrow Tomorrow Syndicate, and it was never resolved, like. Uh, Shaft kidnaps Mystery Incorporated's Kid Dynamo. And it doesn't play out until the last page of the Tomorrow Syndicate where we see Shaft and he's, and he's like full face, big splash page. And he teases that there was going to be a 1963 crossover with Spawn, Savage Dragon, yada, 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 all the image stars. And it never happened. This story has never been finished. That is true. It was supposed to be an annual Drawn by Jim Lee, Giants, and it never yeah. happened. Right, right. Where they were so going to original Image United, right? Because it, it it would make sense to do that because at one point in in the Tomorrow Syndicate, all the characters band together. Horace is there, Mister Incorporated. I mean, they're 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 they're, they're all just hanging back in the cut. And and what? Fury, <laughs> he's just hanging back there, not even. He shows he's up. Like, he's what just, is this cut you speak? Yeah, what do you think? He's what? He's cut? He's it's Fury follows them, but he, he uh he's never really included in the group. Right. But and they go to this 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 crossroads of this you know, the cosmic realities. We see Cerebus and Bacchus and and um normal man's there mr monsters there like so all the the every pathway to comics is open to them at this point so it makes sense that they would cross like flaming carrots there 
and and Scott McCloud's understanding comics. Martha Washington, I'm looking at it right now. Steve Bissett's Tyrant Bean World is there. Sin City. Like they these guys could go anywhere they want at this point. Yeah. And they yeah. go and they, they they would make a beeline for the the image universe proper, which it's fun. That makes sense. But we never got to see it come to, to pass. Nope. I I think this series emulates the, the Stan Lee um, dialogue method a little too closely. Like it's really, yeah. it's really hard to read at some point. My note, my notes for this, the in bold is uh, on the nose. It's, it's. I thought when I was researching uh, the 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 article about the image series, and I came across this as you guys know, I was intrigued because I was not aware of uh, of this. Um, back then and I wasn't reading it and I thought well this sounds fun and I presumed because of the way Alan Moore treats Marvel and DC now that it was a satire of the 60s era Marvel Mm -mm. but it's not I mean he's playing it he's playing it on the nose it's just it's just like six intertwined stories about six different groups of characters that would have fit perfectly well into the 60s Marvel universe I And it's 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 verbose and it's overwrought and it's ham-handed and yeah I, I uh, I'm with you I I thought the first I thought Mystery Incorporated was was great I really yeah. did enjoy that a lot and it's a fantastic horror takeoff um, but honestly with each progressive issue I I felt like it was more of a chore to finish and I felt compelled to since it was my idea for us to all talk about this but but uh, right. it, it definitely was it did not it did not land with me in the way I had hoped when I realized that it existed yeah. Uh, the the high, absolute highlight, um, as you see throughout all six issues, are the editor's notes, the footnotes to issues that you're never, ever going to read because they're <laughs> previous issues. Uh, and I, I yeah. absolutely love that because it's not mm-hmm. – it's it's not – it, it's treated as if, yes, this was just a – you know, this was issue number 152 sure. of – USA, and I just I think that it it it, it adds to it. it. It just it 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 lends it to, to the whole the whole concept of it. Um, but yeah, I, I thought the art was strong. A lot of I I, I dig I, I did dig um, John and Beyond. I thought that was a that was I like that character. I like the whole um, the, that story was. Aside from the first issue, uh, probably my, uh, and it's only half an issue, but it, that was my favorite. Um, Horace, and this is where I thought that it, it, if they didn't, if they weren't just trying to, uh, mimic or mock, whatever you want to say, Marvel, cause, cause Horace is, is not a Marvel character at all. It's, it's just, it's Hawkman, it's Dr. Fate. It, it, there is more DC to me in the Horace issue. Than there was in any of the other yeah, five issues. That, mm-hmm. That's that's Alan putting his love of the magic with a K into this, right? Because I mean, he goes on about reality and magic and multiple uh, universes and or multiple realities. Like that, that's just Alan throwing his his love of other things into it. But you're right, Horace doesn't fit as a Marvel character. And that was that 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 was that was Veach and Tolman really channeling Kirby in that more oh, than I yeah think. So yeah I, I think the MVP of this series is definitely uh, Rick Veach. 
His 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 <laughs> shocker. No, his <laughs> his layouts, his panels, they're impeccable. They are. It, it, he he can he hit the ground running and just kept in stride with all the greats from the Silver Age. I mean, it looks like a Silver Age book, but I think the 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 finest hour of this entire six issue series is the Hypernaut story that Steve Bissett and Chester Brown did. I think that is the shining moment of this whole. Yeah, that that was good. That the was whole good. series. It's just mm-hmm. it looks unlike anything around it. It it's it's more EC than it is Marvel. Yep, you're right. But Actually, but I think it's it was, great. It wouldn't have as I was reading that I thought like this is something I wouldn't have been shocked to see on 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 uh, Shirley's website in yeah. homage to you know mm-hmm. the same kind of homage. Yeah, yeah. And I I like the the way that they. Emulated Jack's uh, dalliance with the uh, collage when he was doing the photo collage stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that shows up a bunch of times. This monkey that's in the the Hypernaut story, Bissett has right. has used this monkey before. Okay, in some of his his Cubert uh, school stuff. Um, I, I love this series, but it's really hard to recommend, isn't it? Yeah. Because if I mean, if you if you love Silver Age Marvel, who doesn't? And and you love Alan Moore. It should be a no brainer, but this is it's tough to recommend because it's so dialogue heavy. Yep. And it's a lot of parts, I gotta be honest, are very tedious to read. Uh, mm-hmm. even in Mystery Incorporated, which is the best issue, I think it's the strongest because it's the lead in. Yep. It's just hard to read. Yeah. I mean it goes on a little bit too long with the whole um the danger zone aspect of yeah. Um, yeah 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 and how I many I really didn't like the fury at all oh no no not at all um the uh what was the next one the uncanny was that the next one no the third one was um yes the, the tales of the uncanny yeah the, yeah yeah that how was about, the one with the hypernaut right yeah you would say an hypernaut yeah yeah that was dope stories. that was dope how about jackie um, coming on to to uh yeah <laughs> i mean she's she's getting all squishy and her husband's right there yeah. Like he's so I, cute. Like what? I really had no love for uh the, the fourth issue, the end man and the Johnny Beyond. I like Johnny Beyond. I, I didn't really care for the end man. What? Johnny Beyond I just thought was I mean that, that that's that's basically pretty much Doctor Strange, but um I love the end man. No, I don't it, it was it, uh, I, I I dig the look, but yeah, and it just um they predated. They're fine. I just I, 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 Hulk, I wasn't man. really feeling the story. Hated, hated, hated the art on Horus. Stop. <laughs> that was that that straight up Kirby at DC though. That's yeah. No, I know. I just, I didn't like it at all. That was my least favorite of the of the six issues. <laughs> I got and then Tomorrow Syndicate's fine. It was a team up book, whatever. You know, like you said, it was fine, but. I'm looking at I'm looking at Horace. I'm, I'm it, it it perplexes me how you can hate this art. It's just it, yeah, I really didn't like it at all. It's just amazing. It's my man. It was the one that felt the most subjective, man. It's all hey, good. Oh, there we go. Yeah. I mean, hey. yeah. What are you gonna do? But no, we revisited this. It it, it does it hold? I I don't remember being Gaga over it when it first came out. Yes, right. Sir. Um, but I, I bought re, bought it all, read it all. Uh, but and, and how much did I retain? I've you know the art. The art's what I I, I thought the art was really yeah. great. I, I enjoyed the hell out of the ads. 
yeah. the, 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 the life size commie monsters, but the, um, and it's <laughs> the, uh, is it, this is, if you're going to, I found the first issue again in, in the three for dollar bin at uh, C2E2 last year. If, if you're interested at all in history, and and you just want to see something, you want to read something that, that that's odd, not tied to a damn thing, and and you know if if you want to see what else Alan Moore has written that isn't Watchmen or or V Frendetta, then give this a shot. But I I don't think this this isn't something you're going to really. Uh, it, it, it's. I don't think you hear about it often enough for someone to go. Oh yeah, you know, I, I've heard they has talk about this, and, and I wanted to give it a shot. It, it's just it. It's more of a curiosity than anything else. If no, if they repub- yeah, it's definitely a, a a footnote in Alan Moore's best of all time career, right? But it was it, no, it wasn't. Look a, at you trying to go out of your way to defend it now. If you no, 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 no. I'm I'm not defending it. What I was going to say, it's it's not even a footnote. Like I don't even think Moore was trying Be, because sliding into the the Stan Lee speak is pretty effortless for anyone. Any any right, half decent writer can slide into that without trouble. Um, it's a curiosity, but as far as in terms of Alan Moore's work, it's a curiosity, but. The the visuals I think are are impeccable in this book. If if there wasn't so many dialogue balloons, I think the visuals would have elevated this thing to a a higher um, a higher strata. If they republished it in a in a hardcover oversized format, I would buy it in a second, only to look at it. I mean, I wouldn't read it again. I would just yeah. I mean, look five at, of the six issues were dope. No, they're all dope. <laughs> double, double D that. dope. It's this great filthy stuff. Horus. <laughs> filthy Horus. <laughs> You're clever. I like that. Yeah, I do. All right, let's move on. I, 1963. I know it's, this is the this is the part where Vince uh, is quiet for a few minutes. What are you talk about? I have to give major major props to the House of Ideas. For what? For what? Look, he's oh. all he's all um, for Marvel Unlimited. Ah, I don't. I'm not uh, down with that. But tell me about it. What's that? I'm not down oh. with it. But tell me about it. He's not down. Yeah. With so, it. so I have been a Marvel Unlimited subscriber for many a year, and I must admit it's been a wasted expenditure for many a year because when it first launched, I subscribed and then I just kept auto repaying, and I you I could count on my hand two hands how many times I accessed the app, and mainly because a I was I have always either been buying digitally or paper most of the Marvel comics anyway. And then, but the main thing was that I always got frustrated by it because it felt like the app was kludgy. I'd try and like download comics to read on, on my, on my commute and it wouldn't work right. And then the other thing I remember being really pissed about and I thought was the big Achilles heel for it was that, um, like it seemingly would intentionally leave, um, an issue or two out of, uh, of uh sorry, my wife's talking to me. Um uh I would leave an issue or two out of uh of like an arc, you know? So like if you were like, Oh, I wanted to catch up on that, it would be like out of the six issue arc it'd have like one of the issues missing. And I guess it was an idea of like getting you to buy the trade, but it's like, dude, why am I gonna read the other five issues if I can't read the sixth? So it it was really a waste of of money for a long time. But um with 
Marvel deciding to change up their digital code policy and making it much more difficult to share and or read comics digitally that you're not already buying at full price. Um, and, and seeing lots of people over the last year or two praise Marvel Unlimited, I thought I'd delve back in and see if it was a legitimate workaround to our new digital conundrum. And I'm blown away, dude. It, it is, it is a fully formed, fantastic service now. As far as I can tell, and I've really put it through its paces, um, and if our listeners know differently, please chime in, but, um, if you're willing to just accept a six month lag, which is effectively like if you just say to yourself, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna wait for the trade. Right. You can get every Marvel comic that they put out, period, end of story. Um, like, again, I've, as of right now, I couldn't find a comic that, that was printed by Marvel, um, up to August of last year that wasn't available on the Unlimited app. And so, yeah, like, that's a six month lag, but, Again, between my Regina pile and waiting for the trade for lots of stuff anyway, that's not that big a deal. And if you just suck it up for a few months to get to that point, it's like, then you're pretty much caught up. And then every month you're going to get the new issues. So, um, and, and it's, and, and the app works so much better now. I, uh, I, I was able to, um, to download, um, uh, you know, you can download up to 12 comics and read them offline. And then, you know, you can read anything, obviously, when you're connected to the internet. And so, it was fantastic, dude. Like, this, this week, I read so many Marvel comics. And by the way, most of them are stuff that I own the issues of the trades, just sitting in my ridiculously large regime. But it gets unwieldy, you know, like, you, you know, you have the issues, but they're not all collated, and you're like, oh, I gotta dig them up, and you just, so you let them fall by the wayside. And so I went back and I read so many series up through August, which is pretty much Civil War II. Um, and it's great. And I'm a hundred percent in now. I'm going to just, I'm going to read my Marvel books that way. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to be quote unquote up to date, but most of the stuff I'm not up to date anyway, because I'm already so behind, you know? Um, so just a huge, huge hat tip to that app. And I just don't understand how anybody, like if, if, if you're on a budget, you know, and, and you, you just inherently, um, can't afford to buy many comics anyway. This this the value of the service is absurd. I think it's like a hundred bucks a year, but I, I know a lot of times they have sales and discounts. So let's say you get it for sixty, seventy bucks for a year, dude. Like comics are four bucks a piece now. So if you go on Comicsology, which I know a lot of our readers do, and pay full retail, four bucks a comic. I mean, it's two comics a month, dude. Instead, you can read a hundred comics a month. So like it is like. It's almost too too good a price, in my opinion. Like Marvel's pretty much just given up the goat on the idea that like that people transition to digital. So um, I'm just all in. I just I think it's fantastic. And I anyone that that likes Marvel comics, if you don't have a Marvel limited subscription, you're you're dumb, frankly. Because it's, <laughs> no, there you go. You're dumb. The value is there. I mean, real talk. If you're not if you're not torrenting, if you're not pirating, the value is incredible. It's less than two Marvel comics a month. So unless you're that one guy out there that buys one Marvel comic a month, it's totally worth doing. So, as Vince pours his wine. Yeah, my, I, my poopy wine. What do you think, Dap? You put it through its paces this week. I, no, I, um, I, because of the codes 
that I was using, um, I was more up to date than, uh, than if I was using and the, the, um, I think that I'm now going to, cause we, we've done it numerous times over the years. It's like, oh, I finally caught up on, I read the last eight issues of, and, uh, I am fine with the, 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 I, I haven't, I haven't read any of the new, the current Miss Marvel series. So I'm absolutely fine with, okay, so that's, I won't read anything after August until mm-hmm. next month. I mean, that's, that's fine. I, I can, it's, it is a, it is definitely worth the price if, if, especially if you're, it's, and again, it's, it's more of the, there are, it's telling you guys on Slack. It's I, I'm not going to I'm not going to be reading that Finch Houston Moon Knight series anytime soon. That I have <laughs> I'm not going to be rereading Stormwatch PhD anytime soon. And and the fact that they're sitting here on my shelf, it's like there's they serve they they serve no purpose sitting here in my house. And and if I feel like reading a random issue. Of Marvel Team Up or, or, or the Fantastic Four without having to go through my crawl space, then this is great. But if I want to kind of read things that I'm not sure about, if, if I wasn't sure about, you know, the, the hopeless Spider Woman, but I decided to read a few issues from Marvel Unlimited, it, now I'm sold. You know, I, I haven't read the new Ghost Rider series. Now maybe I will in a couple of months when that's available on my, you know, I don't, it's, it's, it's a great service to, uh, do the whole try before you buy thing. And, and if there is a story that, that, that you're definitely feeling strong enough about, then you know that you can just go and get the collection. But, um, I, I absolutely think it's, if, if you, as, Jason said, you know, if, if, if you're not obtaining the comics in other ways and, and you're fine with not, I mean, just like Netflix, you can stream anything you want that, that Netflix has available to stream. You don't, you don't own those movies. You're, you're, you're paying for a service so you can watch those movies at your convenience. So, so now you're able to read these stories when you want to. Um, it's if, if you're trying to cut down on clutter and just, minimize the amount of crap you have around you and in your life then you know it's i I wish i think it's great that comiXology has unlimited and 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 are trying to do certain things although we know that that's basically just to get you uh to try the first trade of certain things uh I, i wish the other publishers did give you a a streaming subscription service uh and and i'm glad that uh you know it's i hadn't looked at marvel's for the past few months until you, you mentioned it again this week. And, uh, and yeah, I think it's, um, it, it's looks great on the iPad. It's, it's just, it really is a, uh, uh, a strong service. And, and yeah, it's, it is, it is a, at a really good price point. I feel. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And you know, you, you said it, I mean, my delving back into it this week has been, was 100% about, uh, like current modern comics. But, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't even, now I can't say for sure, like how much of the classic stuff is now available. Although it's, it, it, a lot of it is for sure, right? Like, there is, yeah, there's only, 
Um, the, uh, the article that, um, that I posted today is, uh, is a backup story from Marvel Team Up Annual Number Seven. There are the, the 1972 Marvel Team Up series is listed in the Marvel Unlimited. Unfortunately, there's only about 34 random issues. The annual is not included on there. Um, so it is, it's a bit hit or miss on some of the, yeah. but even, even Marvel will send out an email every week letting you know, like, these are the new issues that we have available. And then we have some of these blasts from the past. And, and I, I but I don't know if they, if they rotate. I don't know if, you know, here's, here's three issues from the old Warlock and the Infinity Watch, but we're taking away these three other issues. And I don't know if they do that or if they just add to it and it just keeps growing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, either way, again, I mean, you know, not that uh, Marvel needs uh, us to, to stump for them, but uh, but no, like real talk, and, and I have to say there was uh, news this week also that um, DC is working with uh, Amazon. Um, it was Amazon, right? I think so. Was it? D- was it? Or no? Was it not Amazon? I didn't see it. I, I did read something this, this week that... Uh, DC is hard at work on a its own long-awaited um, digital service as well. It should uh, be. Yeah, it is Amazon. Yeah, there you go. So they got DC working with Amazon Prime. So basically, if you if you're a member of Amazon Prime, you're going to oh, get DC. Oh, sweet. Yeah. So um, apparently they sent it. Okay, here you go. Apparently they sent out a survey to select people, um, asking them about all kinds of questions about what they would want to see from a DC digital service. Um, so I guess it's probably not looming, like it's probably still in the early uh, phases, but either way, it looks like, you know, that's how the world's going to be going, and um, it's great for the consumer, I'm not sure what it does for the business, I mean, you know what I mean? By the way, folks, talk about uh, real life, I I reached out to Rob (laughs) while we were doing the show, and I said, hey man, I should know this given my obsession with the character, but wasn't Domino uh, in the comic always a black woman? And Rob said... Uh, never assigned race to Domino, wide open, which is why it lends perfectly to a diverse casting. So there you go. So he never assigned race to her. Straight from the horse's mouth. From the man himself. That's what, how we do for our listeners. We go right to the source. That's awesome. I like it. Yeah. We have so a they- lot left to talk about. We do. We, there's, we do. there's a couple of tag teams going on tonight, but yes, yes. Um, where to start? Well, how about the final frontier? Yeah, speaking of purists and things that uh, might... Perfect, because uh, i got to look at the dog out. That's so oh, nice. <laughs> there we go. There we go. That's great. You talk about that. I'm going to let the dog out. Um, Dap and I uh, actually teamed up on a Star Trek book this week. It was uh, released by IDW. And it's called the Star Trek Gold Key 100 Page Spectacular, written by Dick Wood and Len Wein, illustrated by Nevio Zaccara and Alberto Gilotti. And it is a wonderful mess. Now, see, that's interesting because I'm looking at a website that says the artist of issue number one is. Navio Sakara. 
That's what I said. Navio Z- Z-E-C-C-A-R-A. Navio Zakara. Did you say another name as well? Yeah, Alberto Gelotti. He That's does, what I heard. Okay, I heard he does right. eight and fourteen. Well, yes. this okay. this book contains uh, issue one from July yep. nineteen sixty seven, issue eight from September of seventy, and issue fourteen from May of seventy two, as well as an essay by Joseph Baranato, a cover gallery, a pinup gallery. Um, it's a hundred pages. IDW published this at seven ninety nine. And DCBS offered it half that. So that's why I bought it. You know, 100 pages for four bucks. What are you going to do? Um, I'm, I'm absolutely confounded that these were all released in the early 70s where the show was on the air and, and at this point off the air. But the show was, was, it's not like they just had still photos of the set to work off of. It was actually living, breathing material that they could have used as reference, and they just said, "Fuck it, we're just we're we're telling our own stories with the." It's right, but you know, okay, right, we we're th- we're thinking that Navio Zakara and Alberto Gelati, they're Italian. So it it may not have run. Yeah, no, it may not have made its way over to Italy. The the thing with this the, the Gold Key Star Trek series is that they um had seen very little, if any, of the show other than still photos yeah. of the actors. Yeah, the or ship, uh, the exterior of the ship. <laughs> or only the exterior. Yeah. Or the the information provided by Gene Roddenberry in the series Bible. So it, it's it's like twisted Star Trek when when the plots are strange. Uh, McCoy goes on away missions way too much. The the character that walks on who purports to be Scotty looks nothing <laughs> nothing like Scotty. And and I was talking to, to David before the show and I said it's awesome that Kirk would say uh, Scotty and Scotty would turn around right next to him because Scotty was on the bridge yeah. like engineering's in the bridge um, the- well, see, and, and there's some I mean I'm watching the first season on and and Scotty does show up on the bridge but he's never no he's not stationed the there. he's never at yeah he's never he's never sitting at a console waiting to to take the ship anywhere it's just and and yes yeah, so it's it's for him to be yelling at Scotty who's sitting in where where you would normally see Sulu sitting it, it's not right. um it's a bit odd early issues feature um the blast rays which and, we we know as phasers and um, the guards and the the guards uh the communicators are gigantic and they they wear them around their neck in the early issues like when they're on the planet they have huge straps on the communicators um kirk is uh kirk and um mccoy's in green kirk's in green scotty's in green it seems like a huge chunk of the enterprise crew decided to wear green it's not so much that they, and this goes again back to whether or not um, our, our Italian creators had access to the actual televised TV show. Um, I doubt it. For some reason, for some reason, uh, McCoy, 
the 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 top notch space medic. He is um he's he is uh he's wearing command green as opposed to science's blue. Uh blue, yeah. By the way, like Spock is wearing. Uh and the reason there's so much green in this comic uh when the when the show was created the 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 tunics were 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 red for operations yes blue for sciences and green for uh command and they were green unfortunately it was it, it, it was a lightish kind of green uh the television cameras when they filmed the show it appeared gold and they just ran with it which is why that generation is gold and and so it's and which is why Kirk also wears that 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 v-neck green wrap and and cuz I, I guess they used a different shade and it just showed up green on 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 the tv screens but um what's actually gold from the original series is is more of a green color and i'm guessing that if 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 the um if if our foreign friends were looking at photos from the set as opposed to to film, uh, that would they would then see it as green. Um, if these were reprinted in in black and white, then we wouldn't have that issue. Um, there are the 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 interior of the ship. I mean, there 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 are panels where they're at um, the navigation controls, and it it, it looks like. Uh, something out of a, Apollo 13's mission control <laughs> to NASA. It's just, I mean, there's so many I screens and buttons and toggles. Uh, it, 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 there's Scotty's walking through a door. It looks like it's more at home in a submarine. There's, there's, there's an actual door labeled elevator, um, which looks <laughs> nothing like the turbo lifts we're used to. It's just, there's just, we didn't, they knew nothing about the interior of, and oh, there's one, there's one panel where Kirk actually says, there are thousands of people on this ship. There are like 230 fucking characters, uh, officers on the Enterprise. I don't know where the hell he's getting thousands from in this. They just, they, they winged so much of it. Oh, and, yeah. And it's, there is a, I mean, they're, they're fun stories. They look great. I think the, the art has a nice, um, I think the art's John Severn feel to it. Yeah, it, it fantastic. It looks fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah, Spock's ears aside, but there's, oh, they're, they're huge. Just, they are huge. Yeah, like he could fly with those ears. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> yeah. um, but it's it's it, looks more like Dobby from uh, Harry Potter. Than <laughs> yeah, 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 pretty much. You have, um, I mean, but, and, and the stories they, they wouldn't really fit on. It it's not like these are stories that were adapted from the television no, show. No, no, they they, they no. wouldn't fit. They, they wouldn't be easily filmed. They, they're more fantastical, like when when the they're, they're reverted back to teenagers and five year olds, and and it. it there's some things that are just silly, and my, my favorite is the first one, where they just say "fuck you," Prime Directive. Just, yeah, yeah, it's called the Planet of No Return. Um, the the uh, they're exploring this this planet KG. That's the name of the planet, Planet KG. Kelly Green, and it the K and the G are for Kelly Green because it's it's a planet just riddled right. with right. with with plant right. life. Vegetation. Vegetation. So as the Enterprise is going down to check out the planet, these spores infiltrate the Enterprise 
and and Kirk and Spock have to fight these these malicious trees, but they're doing experiments on guinea pigs on the Enterprise, and yeah. and Bones and Bones goes, well, the guinea pigs are freaking out. <laughs> uh, but anyway, the, the, they kidnap they're they're cannibal plants. Long story short, and they they kidnap Janice Rand and they throw her in this pen. Um, they eventually get get Janice back, but at the end of the, sh- I, I want to read this exactly because it is a hoot. Janice has a red beanie. I don't know why she's wearing a red beanie, but at the end of the the, the story, the the Enterprise, they say, screw the Prime Directive, as David said, and they raise the entire planet. They burn. These these plant creatures, they just fire all fire phasers, boom, and that you see in the very last panel, total destruction. A mission, I can't believe that's the last panel. It is a, a a mission that must be fulfilled before we can continue our tour of research through the vast reaches of the universe. And there are screaming trees. These you trees the one. are on fire, and they're screaming, and they're they're like, burning. They're running to Isengard. It's just they, yeah. They, it's hilarious. They, uh, there is no prime directive. No, there isn't. They, they no. Have to, they, it, it's never mentioned. But yeah, it's Spock says we cannot let, we can't risk these spores <laughs> leaving this atmosphere and, and infesting other planets. And and God knows what would happen. So we gotta um, kill them all. Or uh, and 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 yeah, we're just gonna destroy it and, and just make this just a. Um, but it's not like 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 you said about the communicators before. That looks more like the tricorder. It's just sure, like they they, sure. they didn't. They were just like, "Fuck it, he's got it in his hand. Let's pretend he can talk into right. it, and it's not going to record." And and as far as Janice's beanie, I I'm pretty sure that they just colored what should be her hair red, and, and it's because she had that beehive going she, on. Yeah, that that yeah. that hump thing going. So She's I think a that they just beautiful woman. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but the thing is that you, you could tell that the the creative team was working from stock photos because close ups they are dead on. When the camera pulls back and you see characters in the in you know mid frame doing stuff, it's like who the hell are these characters? Kirk's hair turns blue at at one point. Yeah, and um, he there's a doppelganger Kirk running around. He he was fighting this this reptilian betasaur gets knocked on the head when they bring him back to the ship he starts acting really strange like he starts calling people idiots he gets real bossy and short-tempered like a douche nozzle right and yes and and so spock's like this is unlike jim uh so they get to the root of the problem but there's another jim running around it, it, it this if, if you want to have fun and you have a couple bucks in your pocket get this idw uh, Star Trek Gold Key Spectacular. It's a it's a ton of fun, and it there's is. there's an essay in it that gives you the background information on how all this happened, who allowed this to happen, right? Mm-hmm. And David, there's two panels um, in here that were drawn by Gordon Purcell. Oh, nice! David yeah, got it, uh, got me to have Gordon Purcell draw North Star on my original X Men Jam. Yeah, uh, yeah, or Alpha Flight Jam. Uh, because of his love for the Star Trek comics. Because Gordon Purcell did a takeoff on these Gold Key comics for Star Trek Waypoint number two. 
Oh, okay. The nacelles in particular. I the waypoint. Uh, in the in the goal key books, the nacelles oh, e- emit fire and yeah, discharge. <laughs> they're the source of the propulsion, and and they they let out plumes of exhaust. As yes, if you know you're a '68 Mustang, and it's not dilithium crystals. There are zootanium filaments. Ah, <laughs> uh-huh, nice. Yes, and the filaments get screwed up, and they have to go down to this planet that they scan that has the mineral necessary to mine. To get the zoot, like all of something happens to the enterprise where the zootanium filaments and every stock of zootanium filament that they had in the reserves get a, all gets destroyed. It's nuts. Mm-hmm. So they got to go down and we have to mine this mineral to make the filament in order to get back moving. It's ridiculous, but it's so much fun. And you know, Klingons look nothing like Klingons. Mm-mm. They're bald. Um, and and shuttlecrafts just look like I like the design better. Of course you do. It's um It looks something yeah, like Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea. Like the the uh the sub a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's it's uh It's a scream, it's, man. It's nutty, man. I mean it's and oh yeah, when they um when, when they decide to fly through the whirlpool to get to the planet quicker, and and he's like these these rat fink looking creatures <laughs> that belong in my cartoons that are just it's like it's like they're reaching for this ship. It's like oh we're being torn apart. It's like yeah they're being torn apart by like these ghostly looking alien seafaring creatures. It's just it's uh it it's was worth every penny. Yeah, I mean if as long as you are not if if. If you're fine with um, just not being so rigid in in what you believe Star Trek to be, then then I think you'll get a kick out of these comics. They are just it's it's they're not canon. Don't expect no. to uh, <laughs> you know it's like this is all I, I it's the names you're familiar with and and some of the I mean the terminology is is like shot to hell the starfleet is, is two words uh it's it's sam no it, things are just they they really they were winging it they, they really had i don't want to say they didn't have any support but it it's there's very little that is actually reminds you of the uh the tv show that this yeah. is this is supposed mm-hmm. to be based on i mean you, a lot of things you you Visually, things look familiar uh, until you dig a little deeper. Right. But I I think IDW's mission was a success, at least in in terms of myself, where I admit, like, I have no experience with this gold key Star Trek. Um, I I enjoyed the show, but never took the leap into the comics of Star Trek other than, you know, the Marvel stuff. So I am going to hunt down these... from what I've learned that they've published hardcover versions of these gold key collections. So I'm on the hunt now. If, if they're half as fun as the books that they reprinted in this, this special, these hardcovers are going to be like a scream. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to get them. Dope. Yeah. I can. There you go. It is the final frontier. This. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God this was not the 
final of anything related to no. This, but the thing that gets they mentioned tribbles at one point. Yeah, and it's, it's like, like somebody it's, threw them a term, and they just right. like tossed it in. And that's the, which 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 absolutely baffles me. Where it's like, oh yeah, here's here's from like nineteen seventy two. Here's this comic, and and the the show premiered what like sixty six. It's like so you've you, it's. Obviously, there's no internet for you guys to like, you know, Google things no, and find and there was, out. But I mean, right? You know, there was so, no so videotape. It's, it's not in syndication in Italy, but but you're telling me like even even Paramount CBS couldn't couldn't dirty dudes some some reels and and say you know right. check this out. And, you would think Paramount would have more stringent control over one of its properties. Like these stories don't match up. Mm-hmm. No. You know, it's just it's flights of fantasy. They, it's totally if, – if you bought the comic and said, hey, this is a TV show. I'm going to check it out. And you sat down and watched it. You'd be like, what? This is not what I read. <laughs> it's not. All right. Should we bring it on home? Damn, dude. No, do you have really? – no, I'm just saying. Do you have I'm more to – fucking rush, son. Oh, my God. It's always me. <laughs> do you have more to talk about, Jason? You saw a movie. Uh, I did see a movie, but I can't talk about that too much as we already established because my man Dap's going to see it tomorrow. Um, but yeah, I did see Logan. Um, uh, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I I have to say, it definitely is one of those movies where, um, getting back to our conversation earlier about characters that are sort of uh, grails to you, I um, I thought it was a very good movie. It's actually a legitimately good film. You know, not just an like it's as just as a standalone film. It's a good movie, um, but I didn't I didn't like off the charts love it in the way that seemingly so many people do. And frankly, I attribute that to what we were talking about earlier, which is that um, this is the last Logan movie, and I won't get into the specifics, but that's not like something that. It's hard for me to watch that and feel great about it, if you know right. what I mean. Whereas I think if it's just another character, like most people see all superhero characters, then I don't think the consequences of what happens to the characters would in any way impact your ability to enjoy the movie. So I liked it a lot. Looking forward to talking to it more when David sees it. Um, I, 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 don't, I don't think because of my affection for the character, characters, I don't think I could say I loved it in the way that seemingly most people did. But obviously I'm very excited that another R-rated superhero movie is being so widely loved and adored by the masses because that's only good for future stories. Cool. Crickets. No. I don't plan to see it. But uh, I'm glad I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. I read a shit ton of Marvel this week. Tell. I read uh, A Force one through eight, um, which was a. So this was the this is the ongoing that um, came after the A Force miniseries, which is part of the um, Secret Wars Battle World tie-ins. That series was written by G Willow Wilson. This series starts off co-written by G Willow Wilson and Kelly Thompson, who we were. Uh, singing praises of uh, when Scotty was on. Um, but the, the the series has been mainly written by Kelly Thompson with uh, uh, art by three artists, Jorge Molina, who again was the artist in the miniseries, then Ben Caldwell 
and then uh, Palo Sequera. So three very distinct art, art styles. And I think uh, all three very different, but I like them all. Um, but man, do I love the series. It's so much fun. Kelly Thompson does a great job with these characters interacting with one another. And it was rolling along up until we get to, guess what, Civil War II tie-in. Because this is a story. So so the A-Force miniseries was, um, again, back when Battle World existed, and um, a bunch, this was uh, a group of female, her- uh, female, a group of heroines who were essentially their, their Earth's Avengers. And, um, and, you know, now, now the, now that, that, no, that reality no longer exists. But, uh, Singularity, who was a new character introduced in that series, um, is a cosmic being. She kind of looks like a, um, like a female Captain Universe or like a female, like, like a galaxy sort of trapped in a female body, if you will. Um, but I guess because of her cosmic nature, she survives the, um, you know, the battle world breakup. And, uh, she is now on our earth, if you will, but she doesn't, she remembers everything. So she of course seeks out her friends, which would be the characters that she was teammates with on a force, which were captain Marvel, she Hulk, um, uh, Medusa, Dazzler, uh, Nico from the runaways. Um, uh, so she seeks them out, but in, on our earth, they don't know her. They weren't teammates, but, uh, there's another cosmic being, um, that they start calling antimatter, um, who is seeking singularity out for some reason and wrecking havoc. And so she ends up basically getting all these heroines together for an adventure here. And, uh, as, as any good, uh, team up book will tell you that, uh, they're so successful working together, they they end up continuing to work together as a team. And uh, it's great. Like I said, it's great. I, I love the portrayal of Nico. Um, she's become a pretty awesome character uh, and unique at that. Um, Singularity's very cute. She's kind of like the cute, like the heart of the book because she's very innocent. You know, she like everything is new to her. Um, terrific dialogue between back and forth between you know Medusa and. Uh, She-Hulk, it's it's great until, frankly, we get into the Civil War II uh, arc where, um, you know, the, again, it's the same old stuff, right? It's She-Hulk gets nearly beaten to death by Thanos, and then Dazzler's mad at Miss Marvel because of that, and Miss Marvel's mad at Dazzler because she doesn't understand what they're trying to do by by preempting all these things, and then the um, that human dude that uh, is the seer and the cause of all this has a vision where Nico kills somebody. And so they try and arrest Nico, even though it's their girl and then she disappears. But it turns out that where she bounces to is actually the small city where she has a safe house. That actually happens to be where the girl is that they have a vision of her killing. So it's like, Oh boy. So it's, you know, again, we're kind of right back into that civil war two miasma, but, but, uh, but the first two arcs are terrific and, uh, highly recommend them. And I, again, since I am doing it through Marvel universe, uh, unlimited, I, I'm only through the August, 2016 uh, issues, so I, I don't know what happens after Civil War II, but uh, but man, oh man, I, I think this is great and it's been really great art, and I love Kelly Thompson's done just an awesome job with the dialogue and the interacting with the characters. Uh, probably the best Dazzler we've seen. And frankly, there's um there's a, a Thor Dazzler because remember in uh, in Secret Wars there was uh, all the Thors, Thors you know, the Thor yeah. So one of the Thors that's trapped on our Earth is a Dazzler Thor. And, uh, she's just hilarious. Like, like they just, just a great job of, of, of portraying her and she's so funny. And, uh, 
So, uh, you know, there's a great scene where they all got to eat and like She-Hulk and, and Dazzler Thor get hammered because, you know, they're both, you know, hearty, just like our, just like our Thor, like they just drink a ton and eating a ton. And she starts like telling the waitresses, calling them wench and like, you know, hey, like wench gave me, it's just great. I just, I think Kelly Thompson's dialogue is fantastic and highly, highly recommend this book. You know, a lot of people lament the current status of the Avengers. And I would say that uh, between this and, uh, and U.S. Avengers, I, I think, and and the Ultimates, frankly, there are lots of great Avengers team books out there. It's just not happening right now. It doesn't happen to be the main Avengers book. So, two if, big thumbs up for A Force. If all the issues looked like this Ben Caldwell stuff, I would I would scoop them up. Well, yeah, you're not a fan of oh, Molina. I, I love Molina. No, I like Molina, but this Molina. these these Caldwell pages are amazing. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, um, one of my favorite uh, commissions Jason has is from Caldwell. Oh, the Domino, yeah, 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 yeah. And he no, drew I, the uh, he drew the Wonder Woman serial in uh, Wednesday's comics. Like I'm, yeah, I'm looking right. at issue number seven. Wow, it's nuts. No, absolutely. Like the dragon, and the, there's a double page splash where they're all you know they're all fighting the dragon. It's great. Yeah, that's a villain. That's the main. She's called the Countess. She's from another dimension. She's a giant dragon, but she can take on the form of other things, and she basically takes over a small part of the world uh, to do her bidding and gets Nico uh, under her spell, and um, and uh, you know they kind of have to battle her, battle them together. But uh, yeah, no, Caldwell does a great job um, for sure. And then Paolo Sacchera is a much more serious artist, and I think his style is befitting of the serious tone of the Civil War II arc. But uh, I mean, he he's done no favors by the fact that it's Civil War too. <laughs> so yeah. you know, but yeah, big 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 uh, big hat tip to, to Kelly Thompson because because uh, I, I think that uh, again, just excellent job of, of making you care about those characters and their interactions interactions feel natural to me. So. Cool. Anybody else? Mm. Um. There was a catch up on the Walking Dead app, or even get there. Oh, you didn't read Slack. I read that you had gotten to a certain point, but we're trying to. Oh wait, uh, I see the edited. Oh, shit, you did. I did. Nice. I did. Um, there's uh, yeah, because everything on my list for for this week was tag teams. Because even aside from. The Walking Dead, there's something that Vince had us for last week that we didn't get to, um, which is funny because number 42 came out this week. But, yes, we can definitely oh, catch up to uh, – we we are – I mean, we're three issues. I think 165 came out this week or last week. But, yes, as of now, we are current with the last major story arc of The Walking Dead. Yeah, and I read that in trade, so I'm up to date in the sense that I got the trade for – through one uh, one sixty two uh, this week, so that which kind of pissed me off because it's not one one sixty two really wasn't the conclusion. No, it wasn't. It was more like an epilogue, but it was also mm-hmm. setting up that it it just it it really ended awkwardly. I felt um, right, right, and this is this is definitely a problem where they they have introduced a a ton of characters because you have. You have Alexandria, you have the Saviors, you have Sanctuary, you have Hilltop, um, and and so you have a lot of characters that if you're not if if you're not staying current on it, if uh, if you just binge a bunch of issues and then let it sit for months and then try to 
remember where you left. If you're not reading it um, by arcs or by trades and you're just reading random issues and then trying to catch up that way, things could be a little um, confusing because it, it while well, I was trying to catch up in chunks, uh, he didn't mention Tara until uh, one of the issues in the Whisperer War. And, and I didn't realize that earlier in the arc that that was actually Tara because um, I forgot when Dwight and company kind of split off from the, you know, it's just, I, I lost track of things because it had been a while since, since I read. So I, I, I caught up from like issue 150. Of, I, I basically read 12 issues over the course of two days. Yeah, you so got to read in. Um, it's, it's, uh. So what do you think of the whispers? I you don't matter. You don't mind if we spoil, right? It's. Oh, no, I don't, I don't care. I'll have to press pause. No. Um, ah, he was on mute so you could whack it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh my god. I guess we should do the obligatory, uh, I, I know this is one of those books though that we are gonna delve a little bit here into some spoilers on Walking Dead, so if you're so inclined you might wanna peace and love. Um, I, you know, it, it's, it would be, I, I don't know how exciting the book would be if after they deal with well, we'll say, say Negan was the latest, the last big bat, you know, and, and if he's, if it may be a boring book, if it was just about all these survivors just tending to their crops and living life and doing away with some walkers every once in a while. Mm-hmm. So, so you're going to have to introduce another threat, a new threat, uh, which could be more severe than the previous threat. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you want people to, to read the book and, and, and feel like they're, they're getting their money's worth and, and you, you want that emotional impact. So, uh, I think the whispers work in the sense that they're, they are unlike anything that they're, they're, Nothing like the governor. They're nothing like Negan. They, um, and, and Alpha's daughter pretty much says it best. Like they're not, they don't, they don't live to live life. They're, they're, they're not, they're not just, you know, we're trying to make the world a better place and, and we're doing this so that we can surround ourselves with, with friends and family and, and care for one another. The whisperers just are, Kind of surviving. They do what they do so they can blend in and, and just stay alive without any, with no feeling. No, no, they're, they're not. Yeah, I mean, they, they take they, the good, they take the bad. You know, <laughs> there you have the, uh, but they just, they're, they're not, they, they don't, uh, you know, nobody has any names unless you're alpha or beta. It's just, it's, it's, uh, I think as 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 a threat, they're they're scary AF. I, I think that uh, that that it's because they are unlike anything that that, that Rick and, and his crew have faced. That they're you're really not sure um, how to prepare for that and how, how to fight that. But I, I everything leading up to the war, I thought was uh, was nuts. I especially the uh, with 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 Negan, I thought that uh, that was yeah. Some of I mean, the best stuff. 
Yeah, I was going to say, I think that, uh, so Vince, I think we talked about this, but like the, uh, the whispers, their whole shtick is that they wear the skin of the walkers. Right. So they can coexist with them. And, uh, there's a little set, set to back to back between, uh, Rick and the crew in Alexandria and the whispers where basically the whispers are like, all right, well, normally we would have gutted you like pigs, but like respect that you're trying to do something different. So we're going to put up a border and just the rule is don't, don't fucking cross the border or else it's on. And of course they cross the border. And so the whispers basically uh, behead. Well, they sneak in to Alexandria during like a, uh, a festival, which was meant to celebrate the anniversary of their, of their becoming like a peaceful civilization. And they steal a bunch of people, some of which we know, some we don't, but, but are all characters by the time that they're taken, you should care about. And they're, they're beheaded and put on poles. Ooh. And, uh, basically saying, and, and they're put on poles, like, to make a border, to be like, in case you didn't know where the border was, here it is. So, of course, like, a lot of people are now calling the bitch assness and want to go to war, and Rick's being like, nah, 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 we don't want to go to war, like, we got a good thing going. And then everyone's like, wait, are you, like, are you a punk ass now? Like, <laughs> like you're Rick, like, what, what, what? Now, of course, like, it's Rick, right? He's an OG, so he, he does want to fuck with him, but he's like, he just wants to do it, like, he wants to, like, do it right, you know? Um, so he starts, like, putting plans in motion, and, uh, uh, and what have you, but, but, um, but all along this whole time, and this is, I don't know how, I don't know if this is like, I think it's a couple years into the future after the Negan stuff. Yeah. Cause he says he's been sitting in the cell. That's right. Yeah. Years. That's right. He does. Yeah. So they've had Negan literally in a jail on, in Rick's house in the basement for years sitting in a cell and Negan escapes and, uh, he goes to the, he goes to the whispers. And he says, I want to be part of you. Like, I love your, I love what you're doing. Let's do it. And, uh, Alpha takes to him and she's, she's a, you know, Alpha's a woman and she shows him the way, you know? And, uh, he's trying to get up in that. He's trying to hit that. And, uh, you know, she's not trying to hear it or whatever, but like he gets to her, like he gets at her emotions and he like gets her to break down, which is like anathema to what she's all about. You know, she's not supposed to, to break down. And they're a whole survival of the fittest, like killer be killed society. And, uh, Again, yeah, they, have, they have a couple of guys. They have a couple of guys about to uh, rape one of the rape other girl, women right. in the group, and and yeah. Negan's going to put a stop to it. And Alpha's like, "Well, if she's not strong enough to to fight them off, then then she can't survive here, and and the weak have no place within us." So, it it is what it is. Yeah, and you know that goes on back and forth, and uh, and then uh, Negan kills Alpha, he cuts her throat, and. Like, so you're thinking, okay, so this is all a play. Negan made a play to be the leader of the, of the crew. But, cause it's Negan and he's hard to read. That's not what he's trying to do. He <laughs> fucking has no interest in being their leader. He thinks they're wackadoo. In his twisted world, he's doing, he's, he's getting in good with Rick by doing this. So he, he decapitates Alpha and he fucking logs her head all the way back to Al- Alexandria to like show his, his, his main man Rick what he did. Like, hey, look what I just did for you. And this is where they lose me a little bit because Rick's just like, all right, man, cool dude, you proved yourself. Like, I'm gonna give you a, a house and I'm gonna let you do you. No, it, it wasn't. It wasn't really that quick because he says, "Listen, he oh, says, I man. still don't trust." Because even even Negan's like, bro, he's like, he's like, I came back. I don't, you know, it's like I, my my jail cell was unlocked. And I stayed. It's like I don't know how much more I can prove to you that you know I'm not. I'm not. I, I'm. I'm I'm listening to what you're putting down, man. I'm, I'm digging your vibe. You want, you know, I've, I've come around 
to, to your way of thinking. And even, you know, cause, cause when he is, when, when he gets back to Rick's and, and Rick's like, yeah, I don't, I, I, I don't trust you for shit, bro. He's like, I still don't. And Megan's like, I don't know what more I could do. And that's when Rick's like, all right, the ground rules are you're going to live by yourself. You'll survive. You, you'll have whatever you'll have the minimum amount of weapons it'll take for you to survive on your own. You'll get what we give you. You, you take care of yourself. And when we need you, we use you. And, and if, if that means, you know, you, you die fighting a war for us, then, then so be it. He's like, but you know, I don't want you around here, but we're going to keep an eye on you. And, and Negan's like, Fuck, yeah, I'll sign your deal. I don't, I, you know, I just, I'm, I'm fine with that. It's, I don't know what more I could do. And then that's when, um, we find out the whispers have, uh, that the, the war kind of is kicking off and, and, uh, and Rick is going to have, uh, Negan join Dwight's group that yeah. are, uh, that, that are going, basically like the, the first line, line of defense. Yeah. The yeah, front exactly. line of taking on the whispers and, and, there's some great moments where, where, where Negan's like, you know, so what do I, when, when, when do I get a gun? And so it's like, I'm not giving you a fucking gun. And it's, it's just like, and he's, and everybody is firing on the zombies coming at them. And, and you just see Negan just standing there with everybody else is crunched down and, and, and firing their rifles. And Negan's standing there with his arms crushed. Just like, I, I got no fucking gun. I can't shoot nobody. I don't even have, you know, it's like, he's just standing well, there being absolutely useless. And, and then, um, and and Dwight is is holding on to Lucille, and and Negan's like, you know, I'll I'm gonna get her back, and you're gonna give her to me. You know, he's like, he's like, I'm not. I'm Dwight's like, I'm not giving you a gun because how do I know you're not gonna put a bullet in my head? He's like, well, the easiest way to find that out is if you just give me a fucking gun. And and <laughs> it's it, it Negan he is, is ridiculously logical. He absolutely is. I mean, even when he is just and he is he is crude and crass and and I mean the shit that comes out of his mouth is is downright repulsive and 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 you cringe, but it's just it's it it cuts to the heart of the matter. It's just listen, it's yep. like there's no it's his heart is on the sleeve. He's not you know he is who he is, and and the fact that that the character is in the comic and we're seeing him basically act this out on the TV show. Um, you can, it, you definitely, I, like you said last week when, when, when Michonne was pretty much perfectly cast on the show based on who she is on the comic, I, I think Jeffrey D. Morgan is doing a phenomenal job bringing Negan to life. Um, I think and, I like Negan in the comic more now because I'm hearing Jeffrey D. Morgan's yeah. patois reading the comic now it's just it you could just absolutely see him bringing these these scenes to life yeah, yeah. Um, it's it, it, it's fantastic but yeah no i mean i didn't i you, so so rick is going to give negan a house and you were saying no so like you said i mean i was saying to vince like like uh you, you like he gets lucille back and he yes. starts beating that ass and i gotta say like so the whispers are fucking hella formative because they control a horde and they send the horde after Alexandria. And, you know, the, the Alexandria crew's ready for it. But, like, it's fucking great the way it's, like, like much love to Adlard. Because, you know, as you've seen many times, like, they're pretty used to fighting zombies now. Like, they're 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 perfectly fine being surrounded by these guys. Because they, they think they know how they act, right? Like, they know that they're slow and that you just have to keep their teeth away from you. And so, like, they're doing their thing and they're wiping out a ton of zombies. And it's like they got under control. 
But then every now and then they get got because it's a whisper. It's not a zombie. And all of a sudden, like out of nowhere, the zombie Stab. fucking stabs him in the neck super fast. And they're like, what? And it's just badass because they can't tell. And to Dwight's credit, fucking Iron Face Dwight, uh, <laughs> Dwight's like, all right, man, like, we're going, we're, we're going to do it. We're going to do it the way they do it. And he fucking <laughs> takes out the fucking knife, man. And he, it's like, all right, everybody put the fucking faces on. And he, he, he gets the whole crew, you know, Michonne and Dwight, like they, they put on the fucking zombie faces too. And they go into the crowd too, man. And they start taking out the fucking whispers, same, same way. And the whispers are like, don't see it coming. Cause they're like, oh shit. Like they don't, then, you know, it's pretty dope. Like Dw- good idea on Dwight's part. Now I'm not quite sure. Like if we're if we're nitpicking how the Alexandrians would be able to tell who the whispers are, since they couldn't tell before they put the masks on. Like I don't know why they suddenly can tell who the whispers are, but that's a nitpick um that they figured out. Um Especially when Homeboy's shooting uh shooting Marco. He's like, No, he's from Hilltop. He's like, Nah man, I didn't I, I hadn't seen him before. I just I yeah, didn't know. Yeah. It's like, dude, so if if you don't know who's with the other camps, then yeah, you're absolutely right. How do you not know DD? Just you walk by and take a whiff because they've, they've been wearing skin. Yeah. And they're probably a little right, but I, there to, are. To Dap's point, like it ends kind of in a weird place though, because the, Alexandria thinks they've won. And, uh, Beta, who's this gigantic giant man, who's the Alpha's right hand man, um, he's been wounded badly and they're kind of getting him back to their camp or whatever. But, just when they, the Alexander thinks they won, they look and like, the horde they just fought was like, pff, I mean, an infinitesimally small, yeah. uh, component to the horde that now is like approaching Alexandria. Like we're talking like, thousands, like tens of thousands of, of walkers coming at them. And, and that's the thing, it's like, it's, the, the, according to the cover, the Whisperer War is six parts and, Dwight comes back to Alexandria, tells Rick, "Yeah, you know, we 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 stopped them all. We, you know, we're a few hundred, maybe, maybe a thousand. And Rick's like, "I thought you said you stopped them all." He's like, "Yeah, you know, I mean, how many more could there be?" And Rick's like, "No, I I saw thousands, and I mean, if you you'll know they're nearby because it sounds like an ocean. You, you can't, yeah, yeah, you 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 can't ignore it, and 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 they hear it, and then." Dwight realizes that, you know, okay, well then I guess I'm miscounted, but, but it's, and then so as you, this is part six of six, this is the end of the Whisperer War, and you get to the last page, and here's a horde walking towards Alexandria, and, and that's the end of the issue, and it's like, that's not, that, that's not a conclusion, that, that's not, right, it's, but to be fair, it would be how like the TV show concludes, right? Yeah, it would be, it would be the the season ender, right? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. But it's just, it's, it's don't, because someone's going to buy that trade and be like, well, okay, great. And oh, wait, no. And then, and now you got to wait until it'll, I'm sure it'll read great in the oversized yeah. hardcover collection. But so, Dap, let, let, let me just, let's play a little game of, uh, we'll play like a little Deadpool game. Not Deadpool the character, Deadpool, like, are they going to die? Uh huh. Recognizing again to our listeners, we, we, you and I have not read beyond this arc. So there's like half, we're halfway through the next arc. So, <laughs> yeah. If, if any of this happened already, well, then. So be it, but we don't know. As far as we know, we're talking about from 162 is, is all, that's, that's like where it ends for us. Do you think Rick, Michonne, Carl, or, um, 
what the hell's, uh, what's homegirl's name? Uh, Andrea? No, uh, Maggie? Maggie, do you think one of, all of, any of die within the next 12 months? Next 12 issues. Um, I could, I could see Rick dying. I could definitely see Michonne dying. Mm-hmm. Um, if just... I, <laughs> not that, I'm not, I'm not Vince. The, uh, oh, I did, I did, Story I, um, uh, I, <laughs> I don't think, I don't see Maggie biting it yet. And if, if Rick goes, I don't think Carl's going to go just yet. I think the big play would be killing Rick, right? Like that would be the, that'd be the entertainment weekly, like, yeah. you know, right? Like that would be the, um, so I think that's on the table. Uh, I'm with you for some reason. It seems like he's got other plans for Maggie. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like I wouldn't mind Carl dying. <laughs> oh no, I wouldn't either. But yeah. I mean, considering he's, he, he's, um, that eye, I just can't look at that eye. It's real <laughs> that is, that's, that's nasty. It's, it is nasty. Ball's nasty. The uh it's it's um it not not that it wouldn't matter to Kirkman, I'm sure, but I mean to 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 build Carl up into something at Hilltop and um and and this is his home and and it's very easy for him to just, you know, go ahead and and pull that out from under us and and him. Um but I think there might be something more. I mean, but shit, you still got Dwight kicking around. So what do I know? Um, the, the, yeah, I don't, it's, I mean, they had, he, maybe he lulled us into a false sense of security with the whole house fire and, and whether or not Carl was going to make it out of there. Um, it's weird. I, I, but I could see, I could definitely see Rick going. Um, and I think with the way everybody else has been going, uh, and, and kind of having somewhat, I mean, aside from Maggie and Carl and Rick, um, Michonne's not an OG. She came on early enough, but how many other characters have been around since the beginning? Mm. So, I mean, it could be, it, I don't know. If well, like, do you include Michonne in that? Well, no, she's, she wasn't there from the very beginning. Right, she was there early enough. Right, okay. Um, but it's, it's, uh, I, I don't, I don't know if they're heading towards, you know, walking to the next generation, but it, it's, you could see characters that, that Kirkman's been establishing for the past 50, 60, 70 issues as, um, as these are, these are your new leads and, you know, it, it, cause it's been years. If, if it's, if, if Negan's been in a cell for a couple of years, we know it has to be longer than that since this all happened. Um, although yeah. we did just tell Andre that, that he's 38 years old. So, you know, it's, it, but he's, he's built like an old man. He's got, he's got no hand. He's, he's got a broken leg. Um, he gets the shit beat out of him pretty easily, but, um, he's, he's more of a, a hindrance than, uh, than a help, he says, but it's, it, it, it might be time for some of, um, for, for some house cleaning again. Mm-hmm. It is amazing how we can turn, like we know Vince's kryptonite. <laughs> Marvel followed by 
Guardians of the Gal- uh, by uh, Walking Dead, he's like, <laughs> Why do you hate me? <laughs> What's ironic is those were two of your favorite things not too long ago. So you say that it was like years ago. Yeah. yeah. So what did you what what did you think of last week's episode with the whole gun gathering? I thought it was great. Me too. I, I like. I mean, Rosita's still an idiot, but yeah. Oh, I I hope she gets. Oh eaten. man, I she, hope she gets, gets eaten so far. Yeah, and her entrails eaten. <laughs> yep. slowly for twenty yeah, minutes I of the show. It. I I don't think yeah. anybody could be that stupid. As she like, Rosita may be. Like I really hated Andrea on the TV show. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like really hated her. Like I think I might hate Rosita more. I, I yep. think you're right. None of the things that come out of her mouth have any basis in reality. That's true. She's just me, 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 me. She has a, a a death wish, and you know, so go, just go die, and, yeah. and do us all a favor. Uh, <laughs> no, I thought the the whole uh, carnival thing with uh, Rick and Michonne was cool. Oh, that was, yeah. but I I didn't like the the fake scare. Like we know that they're not going to kill Rick off this quick. Oh yeah, yeah, I yeah. Know. yeah. For her to just. For her to like just give up, drop the sword, and just like accept, yeah, like, come on, yeah. really? That, that was and now she's all weepy and shit. Like when I yeah. saw you was there. I, I do not like. <laughs> I mean, I really like the TV show now, and you know I've come all around on it the last few years. But I do not like Michonne and Rick together. No, oh, I'm the racist, but no, it's it's one of those things where. <laughs> oh, I see. Uh, oh, I see. <laughs> But you, you have, uh, it, it was funny. I, I saw them in the van and it was just like what we were saying, you we were saying last week. It's like, so, so no one's bumping uglies except like Rick and Michelle, like, like no one else is getting it on. And it's like, here's, here's like five scenes in a row of them humping in a van because you know, it's nighttime. Dude, and real talk though. How balls deep would you be? I would be balls deep on everything. <laughs> in that world? Or yep. like you're like a minute away from dying? Right? Yeah. I got a nut, don't. Even some of the even some of the fresher zombies. <laughs> like why not? Now, now you're see now you're all no. <laughs> so you're fucked up. You took it to a new level. <laughs> hey, yeah, you always do. <laughs> I mean, come on, dude. Oh my god, yeah, seriously. We got uh, a lot of god god fearing people listen to our show. Now you're talking about necrophilia. We're gonna lose. Oh, excuse, uh, my bad, my bad. We're <laughs> gonna <laughs> Hey, everybody. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this. Um, if you, if you want to get in on anything we talked about, go to Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com. They have all the books you want at the prices you want to pay. A fraction. Yeah, a fraction of the retail cost. DCBService.com. In your travels, I was going to make my, um, in your travels, the uh, all-time comics uh, crime destroyer number one, but I think it's too good to just relegate to an. Yeah, interview. I want to hear you talk about that because uh, Ron talked about it on a fanboy, and I thought he was channeling you. Yeah, talking about herb shrimp pencils with Ben Mara finishes, and it's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, but I'm going to leave that till next week. What I will uh, tell you to read it is equally. Um, engrossing. It is my favorite, uh, favorite Valiant character, Bloodshot. Jeff Lemire wrote it. Doug Braithwaite yes. drew it. Colors by Brian Reber uh, and stuff. 
It is the 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 mini the mini series is done. Okay, mm -hmm. Bloodshot USA is over, and I have to say, it was a surprising ending. Did not end like did not go down like I thought it was going to go down. Ain't going out like that. No, Lemire knows Bloodshot, but Braithwaite has looked better. I have to say that. Yeah, I have to say, but I I was totally engrossed in this miniseries not because of the art, because the story is so captivating. So if a writer can eclipse the artist, that's some big doings. And I think this story does it. We get a little bit of a little bit of backstory on Bloodshot and Kay and what's going down in Manhattan with all the the rampant. Infected uh, blood nanite infected citizens. It's it's pretty crazy, and it um, I think it sets up what's coming next. Mm -hmm. So it was pretty damn good. Bloodshot USA. Go read it. Okay. And they just announced the new Bloodshot series. Of course they did. Uh, in your travels, um, I'm not going to talk about. I'm not going to mention this one as in your travels because Vince was really hoping that we would. Tag team on it. What's that? That didn't happen. Oh, week. Astro City. Yeah, yeah. Let's do it next week because Forty Two um, just came out. Yes, that, that, <laughs> I, 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 honest to God, I know you did. That's why. That that's why I, I said it. Um, so I'm going to say, in your travels, I'm going to eat meeny money mo this bitch. Um, Oof. I'm going to pick. Um, you know what? Because I'm, I'm a couple issues behind, sadly. So. In your travels, um, read some Christopher Priest Deathstroke. We have um, you are behind. I I am. Dead to me. Um, this, <laughs> there's the uh, I, I'm I'm digging uh, Priest's take on Jericho on on uh, on Joseph in this. The um, there's still a little bit of the tweaks of of the origin of the things that. Uh, you may be used to from from back in the day when when Wolfman and, and Perez were bringing these characters around. Um, not sure how I feel about this upcoming crossover, since uh, I'm I'm not sure how I feel about the other books that the the, the Lazarus contract is it. or the it, it is tying into. I knew you were going to um, say that. Yeah, I, I, I'm trying not to think about it. But as far as, you know, there's, there's Carrie Nord on a couple of issues. Um, there's, it's, it's been, it's, it's nice. It, it, it's familiar in the sense that it's, it's Slade Wilson. Um, it's a slightly different Slade Wilson than, than what I'm used to. But, um, you know, it's, it's pretty so, um, Again, you know, benefit of doubt and all that. It, it's, uh, but it's uh, he, he's taking on Superman. He has. Uh, I, I, I like the tweaks to the Jericho character as far as because uh, he is still a mute. It's just he can actually talk to people um, through some of the technology uh, and, and the way he can um, use his powers. It's. I, I, I like it a lot, and, and there was some. Uh, and, and Rose is still part of uh, of the series, well, at least as far as where um, where I 
last left off. So, yeah, I'm uh, still enjoying Deathstroke, even though I am, sadly, a couple issues behind. And the Creeper. Creeper! Um, in your travels, uh, because it's been such an age-appropriate show so far, <laughs> um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, uh, I, I started reading a comic to my little man, uh, Holden, who's eight. Uh, I started reading him Hero Bear and the Kid, uh, this week, uh, which is a series first introduced by, uh, Mr. Mike Kunkel in 1999. I should say an Eisner award winning series. And, uh, it's, it's creator own series, uh, kids, kids book. Uh, and it's had many iterations. Um, and, uh, it's amazing. It's, it's an amazing book for, uh, for, for kids. So many of you comic geeks out there that, uh, have young children and are looking for a gateway. I think this is a perfect one. It's, uh, it's in the vein of, uh, you know, of, of Calvin and Hobbes, I would say, in the sense that it's a story of a, of a little boy who has a stuffed animal. And, uh, in his mind, when he presses the stuffed animal's nose, who's a bear, uh, he morphs into a living, breathing, uh, polar bear with a red cape and has superpowers. Uh, and it's best friend and he, you know, flies into school and he has his back and, uh, it's just wonderful. It's, 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 it's just got a ton of heart and, um, all I can say is it, uh, it garnered the endorsement of, uh, of, uh, of the little guy. He, he adored it and he asked me, uh, when we can read more. So, um, like I said, there, there's, if you, if you look on any, you know, any site where, where you might procure comics like Comicsology, all of that stuff is there. Um, there's all kinds of, uh, again, like it's, it's been, there's been several iterations of it. I know Booms, I think the current publisher. So the last few years of stuff, has been via Boom, but it's been published by Astonish, um, which I think is Mike's uh, own, own, you know, it's like self-publishing. So uh, yeah, there's 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 Hero Bear and the Kid, the main series. There's um, and there's two of those. There's a uh, Hero Bear and the Kid and the Decoy. Uh, Hero Bear and the Kid saving time, and Hero Bear and the Kid the inheritance. And I should say the other interesting thing about this is. Um, uh, it, in in the book, um, the kid's grandfather is a wealthy man who dies, and so his mom and he, uh, they, the family moves in to a mansion that his grandfather owned, and he lives there. And that's kind of part of the charm of the book and part of the adventure, because they're kind of nouveau riche in that way, and he doesn't really quite know how to deal with it. So, um, yeah, it's a wonderful book for the kids. So I know our, I know people are always... Uh, I know you're three hours in waiting for that 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 kids book recommendation. So here you go, <laughs> Hero Bear and the Kid. It's good stuff. Have you read it? I have the original um, handful of issues that came out in uh, what was it? What did you say? Nineteen ninety nine. Ninety nine. Yeah. Yeah. I I bought it right when it first came out, and I stuck with it for about. It was one of those things that took so long to come out. Yeah, it's not prolific. I mean, yeah. it's, it's it's probably a labor of love. I'm guessing it's probably it. Um, for for those wondering, it it was nominated. The original series was nominated for an Eisner in 2000, didn't win. Uh, then he actually won in 02 and 03. Uh, he was the winner for the Eisner for best young uh, title for young audience. So I like it. I just didn't. I didn't stick around with it. I, I think I have about five issues all told. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I don't, 
I don't think it's something that would pull me in via a tractor beam now just for my own sake, but, but, uh, no, your kids, but the kid, you know, yeah, he loves hey, it. It makes sense, right? Yeah. All right, everybody. Hey, thank you for being here with us yet again. If you enjoyed any of this mess, please leave us a uh, review on, um, iTunes or su- a similar, uh, dispersal service and uh, come to our website 11oclockcomics.com because there's stuff there for you there's some stuff there dude is. so much stuff this this uh, this week I know why don't you run it through for him Vince <laughs> uh, and oh, good lord alright I will because I'll, I'll, I know you're, you're, oh my you're, God. you're busy doing this show notes that's um, what I'm doing Huh? That's what I am doing. I know. Well, uh, we started off, uh, of course, as we always do with the uh, episode 462, uh, which uh, you so wonderfully post and have the show notes. Then I dropped uh, an interview uh, on uh, folks' asses uh, with uh, Greg Smallwood, who uh, probably best known to most as the artist behind Moon Knight for the last nearly three years. He is uh, wrapping up Moon Knight and about to start his next Marvel project, which he uh, was actually waiting to find out uh, that this week what his next project was. Um, you know, normally when you talk to a creator and their project hasn't been formally announced, they do the whole like, oh, I have, I'm working on something, but I can't say yet. He actually just didn't know yet, but he, he should be finding out soon, and that should be public soon. Then uh, our man, Mr. Zach Crusay, gave us another, uh, another um, of his Dead Toad series, Right Down the Swamp, Crime Does Not Pay, number 22. Um, and then our man DAP gives us the embellishing the details, the done in ones, no place to run, um, which, uh, are all about the, uh, the short stories that, uh, that, you know, resonate with us, uh, over time. And then, uh, and we get, we double dipped you this today cause DAP gave you that this morning. And then this afternoon I dropped uh, a beginner's guide to collecting original art, which, uh, is the first in a series of, of pieces I'm going to do the next few weeks that, uh, Try and give you an FAQ, a walkthrough of uh, all the nuances of collecting OA in the uh, in the new millennium. So, trying to make it easier for you than it was for 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 me when I was figuring it all out. Sweet. There you go. And as usual, say good night, David. Good night. But you're doing David. it anyway. Nice. You did it anyway. I was waiting to see if you could do it. Uh, oh boy. Oh, there we go. Yeah. No, it's not. Better late than never. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> oh my dude! I will never understand how you talk about hentai porn and you talk about disemboweling. I never. I, first of all, I never talk about hentai porn and, and necrophilia. But but a burp like sets you on some kind of way. Makes you feel some kind of way. I don't. Some kind of way. Bye. It's almost almost as crazy as people getting all bent out of shape over Disney's first live-action gay character in a movie about bestiality. I don't understand that either. Oh, who is gay in the the movie? Uh, Gaston's friend, uh, Josh Gad's character. Oh, okay. Who who gives a fuck about it? Right. Because it's Disney and people down south need something to flip out about since Obama's not in office anymore. Yeah. 
Well, haven't you heard Obama's? Wiretapping. Yeah. All right. Wiretapping. Good night, everybody. Bye. We love you so much. We do. So much. Please online. First time.